Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour nothing of the NRL tour. Well, that was one hell of a weekend, wasn't it? It was drama-filled. Drama-filled for sure. I'm, uh, Trent Robinson's head probably looks like a watermelon. Uh, I think at the best of times he's a little bit red in the face, Trent, but he... He was cranky yesterday. He was cranky. That seemed a bit well planned out, though, didn't it? Yeah, there's more to that. That's there's... been going on for a while, for sure. Yeah, there's a little bit underlying I think there. he's just outed it. Um, tried to make it public, get some public support, or at least make the public aware of it. Um in order to place a bit of pressure on Tony Archer, I think. Yeah, well, I think you get the feeling that he'd have Politis' backing as well to have that blow-up, because they're definitely going to be getting fined. Uh, that's for sure. But we kick things off after round eight with a fast five. Best, worst, high, low, and any questions. We've obviously got your questions coming after this as well. Um, Brock, who was your best? Uh, I thought the Storm and the Raiders were the two best sides this weekend. Um, individually, Josh Hodson, again, three M points. Uh, a standout in that game. Um, I thought Lachlan Coote was very, very good again um, on the weekend. And the other one was, I thought, flew under the radar a little bit. He got man in the match last night, but I thought it was an under-the-radar performance. I think he's been playing well all year, Tohu Harris. And uh, last night he was sensational. Well, not only is he playing well, but he's doing multiple jobs for Melbourne. Um, he's playing a lot of different roles. He's defended in the centres. Well, that's probably reason for my comment. He's attacked there. He's playing in the middle. There's a lot of things. He's that... had no stability all year. He's been thrown around with, yeah. obviously, the injury to Slater and then now the injury to Chambers. So. But you do know, or Bellamy obviously knows, that he can trust Tohu to do all those jobs for him and then some. So Yeah, uh, no, he was uh, he was outstanding. And I think he's been pretty good all year considering the you know all the, the shuffling that's ha- happened at Melbourne. I, I thought, as a team, they were... Very, very good last night. I think they're starting to find some cohesion, and I think Bellamy's ringing in some changes tactically and structurally, and I think you know it'll probably take another month before you see the best, or even after Origin, um, until you see the best of them. But I, I do think he's he's tweaking some things with their attack, and um, as you saw last night, I don't know, you know how good the Warriors were, obviously, but uh, you can only beat what's in front of you, and they were clinical last night. Yeah, well, I suppose you could say the same about the Raiders, though, 60-6. Well, know. that's why I probably ranked the Storms win ahead of the Raiders, just because I think the West Tigers are a rabble. Um, obviously, the Warriors are as well, but uh, I think the Warriors have got a, a better roster on the field than what the Tigers do. And I will give the due credit, though, because this is the same team that went to Golden Point with Melbourne the week before and Canberra gave them an absolute shower. Yeah. And as we do know, they were my best as yeah, well. Yeah, if, if you put the Storm uh, this week and last week, they were poles apart. No, they were poles apart, we're but still, you, know. you can't take away from the Raiders. They've had two hard weeks. I'm not taking anything away from them. I just think the Storm's win is better. Yeah. Simple. Two hard weeks, still without Austin. They go home. They're good at blowing a lead, 22-6 at half time. I was a little bit worried, to be honest. I was down there. Um, they generally like to get a lead and 
then go a bit off track the second half they went on with, which was obviously pleasing for all involved. But 60-6, to six, wow. Uh, individually, similar to you, I thought Tohu, the whole Melbourne forward pack deserves a wrap. All our bit players have been really good this year. I thought Glasby, Kenny Bromwich, Finucane, a lot of those guys go under the radar. Even McLean starting to come uh, a bit more into his own. On the Raiders thing, uh, the right-hand edge combination of Leilua and Jordan Rapana has had an absolute field day this well, Stuart year. Stuart pointed him out the week before and said they were the best two on the field um, when they got beat. So he was good again. Oh, well, they were both good again. No, they're absolutely outstanding. Rapana bagged a four-pie, and Leilua very good in yardage and very good setting up uh, a couple of the tries there. But your worst, I think it's basically the flip side of these two. I've got the Tigers and the Warriors for very obvious reasons. I've got the Tigers. I, the Warriors, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm still trying to work them out. The Tigers are what they are. The performance of the Tigers was horrendous. Um, since Robbie Farrow's come back, they've lost six straight. Uh, I think Taylor's a dead man walking. And... The whole thing, Rex, though, we had this conversation yeah, last I night. Could, about... I could go back to November about why this has happened, but basically Taylor's been undermined More than on, on several occasions and he's got no credibility within the club and within the playing group, and the playing group have no accountability to Jason Taylor because they know more often than not that if they don't like something, they'll go to a CEO or to the football manager and they'll cut Taylor's legs out from under him anyway. Yeah, so... well, basically he tried, as we spoke about before, to get Ballon in, offload him... Pasco undercut that decision. Then Mark O'Neill gets this gig. He had that gluten-free diet. He throws a pizza and beer night, undercuts that side of things. But you can go, um, it's as simple this... as Robbie Farrow stayed, Taylor gone. Yeah. If, if Robbie Farrow went, I think things would be a little bit different. But All signs point to it, and we've said it, I think, a couple of weeks ago. I think sooner rather than later. Todd Payton basically wants this gig. It's a bit of a... It, it, the, the sad thing is this has turned into a boys' club, though. Because if Mark O'Neill's got the control here... And Pascoe is all good with this, and then they bring him back, and this little group stays together that's demanding money, mm. doesn't deserve it, honestly. He's played poorly, and Robbie keeps getting around the show, and then they bring Peyton back. I think nothing changes. There's just more comfortable, more familiarity, and more, you know, it's an, well, even I think more the comfortable. Result, the results could potentially change, but the stigma and the culture at the place isn't going to change. No, it's it's just going to be bringing in one of their mates. That's all it yeah, is. It's worrying to so make though. it make it comfortable, and as soon as that goes pear shaped, then. Oh, hell's going to break loose. So they needs a big. Brew. I feel a little bit sorry for Mick Potter, to be honest. Looking back on all of it, Mate, Mick Potter, he was right. He said two years, and it was pretty good money. But he said no more, and they basically went and did a side deal. The former CEO, who's Grant Mayer, wasn't it? Yeah. Did his own little side deal there. Did the four years, and look where we are right now. Yep. Poor Tigers fans. I uh, got some positive news during the week, obviously with West buying a majority share and keeping them involved, giving them the chance to buy back their, their share, but as far as what's happening internally with the club, still an absolute shamble. Yep. Um, very sad to see for a side that through my teen years, I suppose, at school were an absolute pleasure to watch. And it's Tame Machine under Tim Shane. They are always an underachiever, but, but yeah, very good, but underachieved. Really starting to... Uh, Similar to the Dragons until Bennett got there. The Tigers were the same. Obviously, they won their comp early. The Dragons won theirs late, but very similar in terms of roster and they probably should have won at least two grand finals, I think, both those teams. What was your highlight? Well, yesterday, just the drama of yesterday. Anzac Day is always good, the three games in a row, obviously, but the drama uh, of the game, or, you know, the Roosters-Dragons one I'm talking about, obviously, uh, the refereeing decision. I thought the refs were horrendous for both sides. I didn't think there was much. Yeah, there was bad calls both ends. Yeah, I just thought the referees were very poor, full stop. Um, the bunker, I thought they nailed it in the uh, in the Manly Knights game, I thought they got a lot of those decisions right but then again, you see this one where there's just big contact, Napa forces an error 
the you know Dragons player I think laid down. Or the, oh. You know there was a head clash. Or I don't whatever. think Milne laid down, but that head clash it wasn't because I, of a shoulder. I and, think the Dragons players laid down throughout the game. Oh, there was um, laying down during the game. But that one wasn't. I mean, Milne was out cold, but that was a head clash. So that'll that'll lead into my low light. But um, look, I think the bunker stuck its nose in again at the just a stupid time. Um, and I tend to agree with what Robinson said in that they're trying to be the match review committee within a couple of replays when the match review committee more often than not sit down and pour over video and different angles and, uh, you know, it's it's a frustrating one, frustrating one. But it was just hard. It was just drama-filled. It was great, great to watch. And then, I mean, Trent Robinson's just capped it off with the way he's blown up in the press conference, so... Yeah, like I said, I reckon he's been given the thumbs up to let fly there by Politis and the club. That seemed pretty well formulated, so... Um, oh, but he's, he's an intelligent man. Oh, I'm not saying he's not intelligent, but I think that's no. been brewing for a while. No, I think he's he's very articulate. No, it's that just, has been brewing, though. Of course it has been. So. It goes back years, and that's... Um, you know, he was he was very happy to point out that our win percentage has been good, um, and he didn't say that they should have won the game. No. So he, there was no... Uh, he wasn't making excuses for the performance. Um, he was just pointing out that... And I, look, Ben Cummins... I, I said this to you last night. Ben Cummins refereed me in a game in 2004 and I just I just think his manner with players all round isn't very good I think he he can be quite short and abrupt I think that might just be his personality I, I don't know whether I watch a lot of games with Ben Cummins and just think he's abrupt with every side I don't know whether it's targeted at the Roosters so but obviously Trent Robinson's really only looking at his side but for me um, he's been like that forever Ben Cummins uh, he's a good ref don't get me wrong but um, you know he's He's refed in Origins and Grand Finals, hasn't he? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, he's no, he's no mug. Uh, but look, I think there is. He definitely could look at the way he talks to players. You know, that's one area for development and something that should have been nipped in the bud and addressed earlier. I think. Yeah. Uh, well, my highlight, uh, Priesty's debut, Clay Priest, uh, an old teammate, a bloke who is not one of these guys. It's you know played Harold Matz, SG Ball under twenties or any of this stuff. He's just been grinding away, grafting, as we like to say on the show here. Played cup. Uh, in probably the hardest side, to be honest, to be in. One that's loaded, full of first graders, and he's not even contracted to the Raiders. And he was the second oldest debutant at 27 on the weekend. It's just really good to see somebody uh, who truly deserves to get an opportunity, uh, you know. Well, there's plenty, plenty that do that don't uh, deserve it and don't get the opportunity. So yeah, yeah, we've talked be. about this before. There's blokes with push and managers and reputation that get gifted these opportunities, and then there's blokes that uh, slip through the cracks or don't get these opportunities. But... The best part about this is, you know, there's been no kick-up or anything over time or any push or big thing. He just loves playing football. Yeah. And he does not care. You've watched the Cup the week before. He went after Fletty Mateo and he said to him, who are you? And Glenn Buttress said during the game, you're going to know who he is very soon. Yeah. But he really does not care if you've played 200 games of first grade or none. If you're wearing the wrong coloured jersey, he's coming after you. And it was nice to see him yeah. uh, get his just deserves on the weekend. So it was nice to be down there for that. But what about your low light? Well, players laying down. That's my low light. I'm a fair bit of it. sick of it, uh, and people are going to say, "Well, you know, you can say that, but how are you going to fix it?" Well, I think if a player lays down, they should go off, and the team should be charging an interchange. Because I think at the moment, Nathan Brown said it last week. There's a lot of teams wrought in the interchanges yeah, the by using them as head, head knocks. Most teams are playing with ten interchanges because they're getting two free anyway. Mm. So, or at least two free. So. Um, look, obviously, it's topical with what Trent Robinson said. I tend to agree with a lot of the stuff he said about players laying down. 
you know, but the Roosters, there would have been, you could pull through the eight games of the Roosters and there'd be times there where Roosters players are laid down as well. All teams. I don't think everyone does it. All teams are guilty of yeah. it. Or certain, in particular, some people it's not built into them to do it, but there's every team's got a couple of blokes that are willing when the opportunity comes yeah. to try and milk it. So this isn't a shot at any team no. or referees. It this happens. is a shot at the game. Yeah. I think I think more specifically the rules of the game. Yeah. And for me, this is this goes all the way around three sixty back to Trent Robinson because a lot of these rules we've got in place come in because of the coaches. Mm. So I think the the rules and the this coaches committee where the coaches can change and manipulate the rules, that needs to be canned. Um, and I'm a coach, but I, I don't think that in any way, shape or form I should be manipulating the rules because just, I mean, you're going to naturally try and bend the rules or change the rules to suit the roster and the players that you've got. So it, it should be taken out of their hands totally. Um, but I, I think it's a it's a bad look for the game. Sometimes it's worse than soccer. Like I, you know, and you don't want to lay judgment on people and say they're laying down or they're not hurt because we're not doctors, but it's happening more often than not, and players bounce up and they're playing the next play. Mm. It's ridiculous, and it, and it tends to happen in close games at the back end of games. Yeah, well, those penalties are yeah. massive. And there, again, like you said, it's 360s for a lot of things. It's also coming down to, like, the bunker yesterday, watching video or looking at these things, which last year we said we're going to start, if we're going to have a look, we're going to call blokes out that are diving or staying down. But now it just basically seems that if anyone does lay down, the bunker's going, oh, yeah, there was maybe something in that. Let's just chuck a penalty mm. or throw some reports. So even from that perspective, there's former players in the box that surely... Well, and Kane Evans and um, Dylan Harper have both come back as not... They don't have a case to answer. Well, Matt Scott last week, I said that, and I said, I don't really care what anyone else thinks out there. Guess what happened on the charge sheet? There was yeah. nothing. Yeah. So they know what they're doing. Players yeah. know what they're doing, and it's quite frustrating because it could make a massive difference, particularly we say all the time. If it's a finals game or an origin game or something, you don't want to see it. Uh, my low light, similar kind of thing. Biggest one's probably the Tiger situation. I'm not going to go really into depth on it, but dead set. That just needs a knockdown rebuild. Yeah. There's so many issues. It's Part of it's to do with the roster, but that's that's a long-term project. That's like a Newcastle setup for me right now. Yeah. There is talent there, but why all those guys are all together and they're running it and they've got their little click, they need to absolutely broom that joint. Um, good luck to whoever wants to take that responsibility. Yeah, There's big problems there. There are also similar things. We had the talk about obstructions. I don't want to get into massive depth because there's massive conversations last night. But obstructions, lying down. But there's a lot of little things that kind of irked me over the weekend. But overall, I still enjoy Yeah, but it. I think, look, I can look at obstruction at the moment and I'd be happy to go on about it for half an hour because I'm pretty clear in my mind about how what an obstruction is and... Yeah, I just think a lot of teams and a lot of coaches could pull the... If you watch watch tries that are disallowed and then go back and ask yourself, if it's disallowed because of a lead runner, what you need to do is watch the play and then say, would that play have still occurred or evolved the way it did without the lead runner? And I think probably 75% of the plays, you can say yes. They would have worked. Mm. I think the lead runner now is just a dog shit boring part of our rugby league attacking structure that every half is just used to, a lot of those guys don't run good lines. They're not genuine lines. They're lazy lines. It, I don't know. The, the Parramatta one for me was the the no try was the one for me that I thought, you take that lead runner out, they, they still go through easily. Um, 
And then in the 25% of them, the lead runner, more often than not, has caused a hole that they've run through anyway. So Actually, there's the other one you just reminded me of. Again, a couple of weeks ago, we weren't willing to use the sin bin, and then this week we are using the sin bin. That's yeah. the other thing that's got me Well, confused. we disagreed on an obstruction last night, and your argument was that it happened to... Two oh, defenders like away. Three players inside. But my right. argument as a coach is that just because it happens two or three players in, it still has an effect on the two or three defenders on his outside. Because more often than not, your defensive decisions come from inside out. So if there's a there's a defensive decision that's impaired two or three in, it, it affects the outside. So I just... I don't know. I, th- I think it's needless, a lot of these block plays. Um, I, think we're, we're get, I think it's better than what it has been. Um, and I think our, we're getting a better grasp on obstruction, but I still think there's a few things that could be cleared up. Yeah. But from a coaching perspective, I just think it'd, it'd be a lot smarter for a lot of coaches just to pull the lead runner out now, or 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 you've got to use a lead runner maybe tighter the, to the ruck, not so much on the edge where that edge defender will rush in. Um, but there's there's got to be ways. Coaches have got to adapt, and because at the moment a lot of tries have been disallowed because they're running the same bullshit structure boring stuff that we've seen for the last, what, since Wayne Bennett made it fashionable. The Dragons made it fashionable, didn't they, really? Basically. Yeah. Uh, what about questions? Uh, what about... The, oh, I've got a few here. Sandbag, Sam Burgess's sandbag. What do you think of it? Well, a lot of people were going on about, to the letter of the law or whatever, attacking him on the ground. Other people blowing up going, oh, he surrendered. Yeah, he did surrender, but the whole wind-up and all that, that was pretty grabby, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, like you see blokes flop in, yeah, and they put a bit of impact on him because he has laid down, but still, the big wind-up in the arm and all that. There's problems at South too. Bruin, we've spoke about this. There's a lot more going on than meets the eye there. There was obviously the stuff in, during season where they paid him a lot of money and brought him back, and him and all his brothers are all sorted out and tight with Rusty. Then the issue with Luke Keary, who went off there, and he's basically been plagued or put out to dry and put Madge in an awkward position, and he's trying to wrestle control and... Obviously, things aren't looking too hunky-dory there, but um, there's a lot more going on than meets the eye there at South as well, I reckon. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Napa Cordner, did you think it was high? No. I thought that the shot, whether you want to argue or not, anyone out there probably will blow up and all that. I thought, yeah, the bicep was probably close to the chin, but what caused the KO was Cordner and him colliding heads after Napa initially hit him, basically, and Cordner had to go off for the same reason. Yeah. Cordner went off rattled because they had a head clash. That's what put Milne to sleep. Yeah. I had no problem with the tackle, to be honest. No, me either. Uh, trippy. Yeah, well, we've got... There's more of it this weekend. We had an inbox um, on Friday night that I didn't reply to at the time because I was pretty enthralled in the game once that sandbag that you talk of happened and Brisbane fired up and South fired up. Yeah. I got pretty stuck into the game. But I wrote before, it's happening uh, more and more and it's about time the judiciary finally whacked somebody with a charge and got more consistent so we stopped seeing it. Should have started when Josh Reynolds got away with three of them in 18 months and never got charged for it. Yeah, He kept getting put up to judiciary and getting off. Where when I told you, that system where they said if you have loading of a, a repeat offender like three times on a charge like Bird did with lifting tackles, yeah. which one I didn't have a problem with, he got six weeks. So if you trip, trip, trip and you've beat it twice, you're back for a third time within two years or whatever that limit was. Yeah, I was expecting him to cop the loading, which would have gave him three or four weeks out. Never happened. No. Now we're just seeing them for fun. They're out in the left, right, and centre. Yep. Barks has just taken the early guilty plea, or they're getting off. So. Uh, Greg Inglis, I thought he was better this week. He was definitely better, but it's disappointing that it takes criticism and media and all this kind of stuff for somebody of his ability. And I've said it before. I I, I expect massive things, and you know I love him because he was you know he's from Melbourne, he's down that way, and he's a hell of a talent. But it's the same frustration I suppose I had when Hayne was at Para. I know he had. It. 
difference is Hayne was in a bad team, so it's hard of him to turn well, up. Well, I think South are a bad team. I think fair. they're getting that way at the moment, yeah. but um, the fact that they were talking, I'm going to Brisbane, or I want big money, and I want this contract extension, he's in no position in my mind to be putting any pressure on that club, and now you're hearing that they made an offer midweek, or I got pretty good mail, they made an offer... It's uh, a substantial one for Lachlan Coote late, and we're going to start talking to GI about finishing off in the centres, basically to prolong his career. Yeah. And then at the same time, if you do that, why'd you pay Alex Johnson for if he's supposed to be an ex-fullback? I know he's injured at the moment, and you've let Walker go, and Grevesmill's leaving next year. There's there's a lot of problems. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of problems. Definitely. That's all I had, mate. Uh, you got any for me or not? Not really. The Robinson thing, I was going to say, do you think he's somewhat right? I... I don't agree. I think he was. Uh... I don't agree with attacking the ref, but I'm still got. I still have an issue with the bunker because I feel some games it's in there, some games it's not. Take away his loyalty to his club. Yeah. Um, I think holistically he's right because I think every coach could probably relate to it at some stage this year where yep. the bunker's jumped in or it's affected a game or they've been watching a game where it's had an impact. So I think. We need to be clear about when the bunker jumps in, and, that's and they basically, can. Is it misused? I get a um, feeling at the moment that it's being used differently. Well, we had there games, was, depending on who's obviously in. us two and our uh, our sister's partner was there yesterday, and all three of us had different views on a few different things. And regardless of our views, because we're all entitled to them, mm. my my whole opinion on this is that if we if if three of us can't decide on what is conclusive, how does a bunker jump in and be conclusive? Just, 50-50 situations. I think if it's as clear as, and it's an absolute shithouse call, mm. jump in. I've got no problem like with that, because everyone way. will be screaming for him to jump I in. I want him to do it for the whole game, or for the, the, consistently on the same things. Like the other week, I don't want to keep going back and get too far in, but the Warriors manly game, they pinned Carter for bouncing out the in goal. But manly did the same thing in the same game, and probably four or five yeah, happened yeah. in almost every game. Why did they jump in on one? But I also think that you could fix that by having clearer rules if to start don't, with. Just don't jump in on one, though. If you're going to pin one, you've got to... If you're sitting there and there's three of you, three sets of eyes, they've got this bunker, it's worth so much money, look at everything or just don't jump in. Like, don't be sitting there bored eating your KF with your greasy fingers and all of a sudden go, you know what, bang, here we go, we'll send this through. Oh, by the way, he just grounded the ball. No, I think, it's it for, I think for the howler, I wouldn't care if it's if the howler's in the 10th minute or in the 79th. Everyone knows it's a howler. Everything or nothing. Fix though. it. I don't like these little interjections. Well, I do if know? it's a howler. I don't mind it. Oh, because I, no I just want to get a howler, fine. But otherwise, I don't think like they should that. have anything to do with it. No, at all. A little, little moment like that, there's multiple of those in just about every game. Yeah. And you don't see it. So why would they pop up for that one moment? Yeah. Everything or nothing. That's If we're going to spend all the money and you want it used... Well, and then my argument last night was, well, that, okay, if we're doing every... It's NFL. If you're going to look at every play, you might yeah. as well stop every play. And again. I'm with you, but contact with the head, whatever from it is. From game to game, it's being used to a different level, yeah. and that's an issue. There needs to be clear guidelines, I think, for them as to when it's allowed to intervene. Mm. And the, well, the issue also I had with that tackle was that I didn't think there was intent for Napa to hit him high. No. Um, so whether you think you hit him high or not, I don't think his and intent like said, was he, to his hit down, him high. His downfall was brought by the head clash. Yeah. The shot put him into Cordner, who also got rattled as well. It's very different compared to when we yeah. go back the other week when I blew up and basically said no one should get charged this year after Tapio got off, Bird dropping a ball, taking three or four steps, turned around. He clearly saw he didn't have the ball and he wasn't approaching him at speed, yet he still wound up and went from Black to Penrith and KO'd him. Yeah. But that was, out of 15 gradings, the second lowest. Yeah. So basically everything, as far as I'm concerned from now on, is you walk in, you just go, well, that's a grade too careless. Yeah. So I'm off. So, yeah, um and well, the thing is, we're struggling to understand it, and we watch shitloads of footy. Imagine if yesterday, 
you're at the RSL, you've never watched a game of you've footy been before in your life, and angry, and you're watching it and just going, "What the hell is happening here?" That you would have been bothered more. You said the amount of stoppages that kill the flow of the game, yeah. and all the, the video it's replays. At the end, like, it, and that's what Robinson was saying. Like, I, he did say, "Oh, you know, it's Anzac Day. Like, we want to play tough, and and yeah. I get all that, but I don't think we should just make exceptions just because it's Anzac Day. I think our no. game is tough. I think we should." Try and protect that element of it, yeah. and you know, at the moment, in I the totally right fashion, players are manipulating it by staying down, or and the bunkers making manipulating it, it through its grey decisions. Yeah. It's yeah, there's Play- a lot of things affecting the game. Players are making it look worse. Before we do your fan questions, uh, a bit weird, but at the same time, I don't think a week's really going to make a big difference. But Mal Meninga has named his kangaroo squad a week earlier. Uh, than usual. So Darius Boyd, he's got the fullback job. Um, people would argue between him and English. I don't have a problem with it. I think I think Forage and they need to do the same thing, especially with the injuries they've got and the players that they've banned for this year. Oh, I think Boyd's in much better form. Well, I think he's a better ball player full stop, even when GI is in good form. And we're probably short on centres or consistent centres, so I'd probably rather play him yeah. in that spot if we're going to pick him. Rad Rara has got a wing spot. Um, your thoughts on that? I would have preferred Oates, I think. I think Corey Oates can feel very hard done by. He's young, up and coming. But this is what we're, we're discouraging again. I I hate the fact that, and look, I love Sammy Radrara. So do I, but we... I think our, the integrity of international football is now in dire straits. We're hypocritical because we said that we need these other nations to be stronger. And, and then we've done this. As soon as he's a resident again, we've just taken... It really irked me when Mal Meninga said, oh, he you know, why, said... Wouldn't you, why wouldn't you pick him? You know, And I thought, yeah, yeah, but you know what, Mal? He's the one that was with PNG saying we need to be solid as well. And now he's go. the Australian coach well, Stolen Depends what hat you're wearing. One of the so. best players. So. Yeah. Look, I, um, I don't even, th- I don't even think on form he should be picked ahead of Oates. I think Oates should be picked ahead of him on yeah. form. Well, the other winger, Blake Ferguson. Um, your thoughts on that? I suppose again, Oates might feel a little bit hard done boy. I think. Yeah. I think the whole point here is big bodies. I know they're saying we want to combat New Zealand big well, bodies. Well, see what I would have done. I wouldn't have had Ferguson at all. I would have picked Tedesco at fullback, played Boyd on a wing, and I would have had Oates on the other wing. Yeah. Well, because forward. I just love Tedesco. I think he's he's the form fullback in the comp. Yeah. But obviously, next best I think would be Boyd. Even though I think Dugan is probably in just as good a form as what Boyd is. But they obviously bring different things to the table. And as you said, I think Darius Boyd's probably a better ball player than Dugan. Well, looking at this, he's gone big at the back. He wants good yardage here. We've got Rad Rara and Massive, Ferguson yeah. on the wings. We've got a forward pack. Gi in the centres and Dugan's playing centre. He obviously struggled on the wing, but he'd done the job in Origin. There's a lot of good return meters coming in. I'll here, tell you basically. what, I'll be very, very interested to see how Cooper Cronk goes in this side. Yeah, well, JT and Cronk, as we said, you don't have any surprise there. He was always going to hold his spot. Scott and Gallen are the starting front rowers. Uh, Kevin Smith plays nine. Papali. I think Jarmo can be feel a little bit hard done by there. I think he brings more off the bench than Gallon does, though. You're probably so right. I can understand yeah, when you're, that. When you're working the three... If you want to get one bloke bashed, it's probably Gallon. Gallon doesn't have the leg speed or the footwork, and Scott's pretty similar. The rat got to run. He's a thumper. Uh, Papali, Gillette. And Corey Parker at lock, no surprise there. Papali getting a start. He has been pretty good this year. Gillette being one of the best uh, back rows in the comp. Maguire on the bench. Michael Morgan, James Tarmow, Sam Thido. So pretty loyal. I think I counted it before. It's 12-5 Queenslanders to New South Welshmen. Probably should be They've more. dominated us, so I'm not going to completely argue that point. And most of the other blokes that could have been bolters, like an Ethan Lowe or people like that, are Queenslanders anyway. Yeah. And your Milfords, if they were available. But so 18th, Jennings, Jennings is outside back cover, Aiden Guerra is forward pack cover. Yeah, that's 18th, 19th man. I think Garrett can count himself lucky. I know he's been in both those squads, but he hasn't had the best start of the year. Oh, he's been okay. I think Ethan Lowe and a few of these other blokes have definitely pushed fairly hard. Overall, I don't have a big issue. I'm, I'm not really surprised. No, I'm happy with the side. Um, but end of the year... Tedesco, I think 
Yeah, but end of the year when we pick four nations and you've got to take these guys and these Queensland bands and all that are done, I think there's definitely going to be some young blood that's going over. But if you're talking about your Oates, your Milfords, Tedesco's, if all those guys aren't down to the four nations in there and get yeah, some well, if you're picking the side on form, you'd have Thurston, Morgan and Milford in that spot. But obviously, Milford, they're going to uphold the suspension from Queensland. Cronk yeah, he's not going to knife the spine that he's been looking for. No, he's not. Level, I'm so. saying if it's on form. Yeah. Like, if it was an all-stars team picked on form, then he, he wouldn't be in there. Yeah. Well, like I said, there's, there was a few contenders for Boulder spots, but I'm not surprised at all by these picks here. And in particular, yeah. against a side that's dominated as meter-wise, they're obviously looking to get better set starts because our forward pack has struggled the last few times against the Kiwis. Yeah. So they want more help coming out of yardage to start with, I think, to help out our forward pack. Um, but, yeah, no surprise there. Your questions are... Getting into that, Jay Strasberg, more of a rant than a question. Uh, I know there were a few on the weekend, but Nightingale's performance on Monday, oh, that was a last straw for me. The bloke deserves an Emmy for staying down, acting like his neck was broken. Then the whistle blows, and he's back up doing flips. I hate it. What's your thoughts? Do we need to stop the bunker coming in and prevent players from staying well, we down? we just basically covered all this. Basically, I'd expect better judgment, especially when there's an ex-player in, uh, in the bunker and they're able to see that, you know, sure, it was done by Vunikitsi to put him in a headlock, but the way he carried on, 100%. They shouldn't have given. They should have given a penalty, but the way it was he my low light of the week, laying down. Yeah, uh, Rob Carter. What happened to the development of Luke Brooks? Three years ago, he was touted the next best, uh, or the next great. But watch him on Saturday. He was linked between Farrah and Moses. All this talk, seven fifty contracts, but he hasn't played a starring role in a very long time. Very disappointing. Well, I said it. I think two weeks ago, I said that Brooks was horrendous. Like he, his defence is poor. Uh, I just don't think he's got much attacking flair, to be honest. I watch him and I. You know, he doesn't run the ball a lot. He's not a great ball player. Whereas I look at Moses and I just think he's more of a danger to break the line or run the ball. So if I'm going to pick one of them, I'd probably pick Moses. I'd, and that's splitting hairs because I wouldn't have him in my top 10 halves. We spoke even on this. the open market, I wouldn't buy either of them. No. So, and this is the problem. We talked about the money they're demanding. But mate, they, I can't believe that they've got the attitude or they genuinely think they deserve that money. That's probably well, my issue. This the is the other, attitude. This is, is the other issue when we talk about poor. the Tigers, though. That culture they've built within those guys all well, basically. Who, who are their, who's, who's their role model? Nobody. Robbie Farrell. Exactly. But they're all, they're all basically self-entitled and you've got these other guys that have unfounded raps, like people have talked that Curtis Sirian would play Oregon oh, for Australia, etc. So, Gordy wanted him to play yeah. for Australia last but, year. Yeah, there needs a bit of a knockdown rebuild. And um, by the way, first question, sorry, thanks for that one, Jay Strong. But what happened to the development? He's asking. Like development. Well, well, how are you supposed to develop when you've got new coaches, new board members, new staff coming in left, right, and centre, and there's no stability? I do think, however, there should be some some questions, particularly when Jason Taylor is one of the one of the better halves that's ever played first grade. Um, he was a he, you know a long I don't think career. They don't respect him. It's no, no, but I mean, look, he should be helping Brooks, not hindering him. I don't think he's hindering him. I think these blokes just don't listen to him. I think okay. they have well, a couple a of coaches in a couple of years and no stability, and no one's in control. The playing group's in control. They're basically just turning up, getting a paycheck, and having a party. And it shows in their football. Really. If that's the case, and every know, year they've started the same. They win a couple of games and they just die in the ass. And the rest of the year, a couple of bikes play Origin. They kind of flounder a little bit in the middle, and then they just die at the back end. Yeah, the last few years, we've seen them get absolutely slaughtered in the last you know six to eight games. So yeah. um, it basically looks like this year that record's on repeat. It started the exact same way, and it looks like it's heading the exact same way. Yeah. Um, thank you, Jay Strasberg, Rob Carter, for those questions. Ben Kirkham. Will Trent Robinson's post-game press a blot make Greenberg and others in power position stand up and take notice that something needs to uh, give or change? Or is it that well-articulated and needed spray just going to end up as hot air falling on deaf ears? Where is our beloved game headed? I'm trying to picture it in five or ten years. I think we'll be in a better position in five or ten years. 
That's uh, there's no doubt about that. Look, I think the NRL has to do something because he's publicly out of them. Mm. You know, if they do nothing, if they just find him and have no response, it's pretty sad and say they'll deal with things behind closed doors. But I think a lot of them have wanted to blow up, and they've all said it the last few weeks. You're not allowed to talk. Ricky Stewart basically, you can't talk about the bunker or the refs. But uh, like I said here, this was well articulated, and I'm completely with you. He could do that off the cusp, but I reckon Politis him after he's just said, "Yeah, bang, bang, just go for it." Don't worry about it. I don't even think there would have been a conversation. I think he would have just done it. He doesn't have a reputation for doing that. So no. And and the good thing about that is not having the reputation is that when you do speak, people are going to listen. And there's been a lot of talk about it uh, today. So he's obviously created the ripple that he he wanted. Mm. And I just hope that taking all the emotion out of it, fine him 10k. That's fine if that's the process. But taking all the emotion out of it and the fact that he broke the rules that they need, they really do need to sit down. Have a chat to Robinson because he he is, in my opinion, you know he's one of the elite coaches in the game. Yep. He's he's intelligent and he he should be listened to. You and know, Todd so Greenberg. You haven't done anything. He's or done spoke zero, since so you've been in. I had him as my highlight when he got the gig, and so did I'm, I. I'm pretty disappointed because nothing's happened. Because he was a brilliant operator as a in clubland, but now he's had this job. He's basically doing the exact same thing. Planet PC. Maybe he's just just trying to get the lay of the land. Yeah, but I don't think he is PC because he hasn't said anything really. He's just. Flying under the radar. That's really, basically the way to be PC, though. He's avoiding it. Yeah, I don't think he is. I, so, I think, look, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt in the short term. But need it's need not to hear good. his voice right now because, again, he was supposed to be the big face and I was happy about it, much like you were, as was a lot of people. A lot yeah. of people were like, this is probably the right person because he understands the lay of the land, exactly like you said, but uh, yet to basically hear anything. Paul Agiros, Robinson had every right to rip uh, in, but why did he men- not mention the two incorrect tries they got? I don't think he was really so much worried about uh, the result from what I was taking out of it, I think it was more... I do agree, however, that yeah. if, if you want people to take you as grey or as impartial or as unbiased, he needs to go in there and say, look, we benefited from some of these bad calls. I, I tend to agree, Paul, but when when the emotion took over, uh, he was he sort of went off onto his tangent and that was it, but... I tend to agree. Yeah, and he's got... I'd like to see a lot of coaches do that, go in and say, well, yeah. look, we got a couple today that uh, we shouldn't have. Yep. And then suck them up the next time that they go against you. And in the end, that they do. Swings and roundabouts. And he's got, why is he influencing the match review, Ari Napa? Why hasn't he mentioned Rorta's players in the past laying down? Oh, and we just said that. I think every team... It goes both down. ways. There's always blokes that do it, but... There I was think a, there's some more than others, but... There was a few particular moments yesterday. In particular, the one that got me was the late the late one on rain. I don't think it was late. He, mm-hmm. he basically... And then there was a few after him. that that were very similar, and they didn't penalise There themselves. was one that literally was late, and they didn't penalise that yeah. one. So, Ridiculous. consistency again. Big issue. Matt Timbrell, have you boys ever been involved playing or coaching in teams that went through what Tigers and Warriors just did? What did the coach say to it half-time? And did it have a positive or negative impact on the playing group? No, I don't, I've never been flogged like that. I've coached a team that got beat, I don't know, 40-odd nil on TV, but I was telling them all year they were going to get beat by 40-odd nil, and they just didn't listen. So, I mean, yeah, but the powers that be above me at that point in time were sort of supported me because I knew I'd been saying it since halfway through the year. That was obviously a school side I had. Um, well, I've been hammered. I've played in a couple of bad kind of Div 1 sides when I was younger. The club I moved to, we struggled for a few years, but... Uh, not in the circumstances where I'll, you know, we're first graders. I had that much talent in our team. And what is the when coach? you know when you know you're not going to win the comp? Yeah, you tend to focus on yourself and your own performance, not look too much to criticise other players. Yeah, 
Whereas um, if you know you're a genuine chance of winning the comp, it becomes that team sort of culture yeah. mentality. I think the coach we had at the time did the right thing. We didn't have the best players. We are going through, you know, we weren't the best side. We didn't get all the talented players wanting to move to us. Um, he just stayed positive. We stayed positive. We caught the results on the chin. And over a year or two, we started to attract players, as you do at club level, that are stronger from other weak teams. And we ended up putting together a really strong side that ended up making a couple of grand finals later on. So mm. uh, I think we just got an encouragement to keep going. We were always short or undermanned, but not in these circumstances. These guys have no excuse. They're first graders. They're both in decent sides. Tigers supposedly got the best young talent. Warriors got a bunch of Kiwi internationals. Um, I have no idea what Jason Taylor would have said again. Like, I don't think he's got any control or any respect. So I everything also he's think saying. That we probably grew up in a culture where we respected our coaches. Regardless of their ability, there's a lot of coaches that are different level of ego at this level. Again. Terrible, mm. but I still respect him because he's my coach, and it's a team sport. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of respect for coaches lacking. Obviously, I don't think for the majority, the Warriors and Tigers don't respect Taylor or McFadden. Yeah, Jordan Palmer, uh, you boys also done with tipping the Warriors for the year. Also, Lewis, can you tip against the Storm every week? It seems to work for us every time you do. Don't worry, mate. I did as well, and I'm a diehard Melbourne supporter. I say that every single time, Jordan, that every time I tip against Melbourne, they'll prove me wrong. We all went against them, and we all basically said why, which made it even better. It's like they're here or there's some kind of message. I, I think it might have been because I harassed Bellamy on Saturday. It's not working It's not working for me. I tip against the Titans every week. They're not winning. I didn't give. I didn't say anything to Bellamy on Saturday. I should have said, I love your team, but you're going to get beat on Sunday. But good times. Yeah, look, I don't know about being done tipping them. I mean, they, they play the Dragons at home, I think, this week, and yeah. I'll probably tip them. I because want to I just don't like the Dragons. I want to know who their fullback is. I'm a bit worried now. That's yeah. a big thing and just the general effort. But, mate, I've said the same thing. I literally said that to you last night. Every time I the tip. The Dragons are so tough. How good is it, though? Every time I do tip against them, it does go that way. I would love to tip against them every week, mate, but I'm still trying to win this tipping comp that I'm a mile behind in. So, good times, good win. Tom Lacey, uh, you're on the board of the Tigers. Do you sack another coach and leave the same players who have performed so poorly for years with multiple coaches? Or is it a player clean out the best medicine and keep JT at the helm? If you do sack Taylor, do you go Cleary, Tuvi, Brennan, try to pry Daly away from New South Wales or another See, unknown? this is the thing. If, if they, sack, uh, they sack Taylor, do they honestly think that Ivan Cleary is going to go there? Yeah, he's not going to deal with that situation. Absolutely no way in the world. I because... think it's a bit of both, to be honest. I reckon they need a new coach, but I also think they that he needs the full support of Pasco and Marco O'Neill, I don't think, should be there because he's got ties to the club and links to those players. They need someone like Cleary, or no, I don't. I, I they don't won't know. get Cleary. Yeah, I don't think because they will. you know what. If he you wouldn't think take about that job. it from this perspective. When they tried to move Robbie Farr on, no, no club picked up the phone and wanted him. No. So what coach is going to want to go there and coach him but when I, he's just got she got Sheen's Potter and now Taylor's gone. It's yeah. just a matter of when. But I said to you when we were talking, or everyone was going, "Oh, he could get this because Pascoe's there." Right, right. If he takes his job again, this is literally Penrith again. This is a rebuild. This is not... Yeah, but not with... Penrith didn't have a Robbie Farrow there. No, but I don't even mean that. He's gone. By the, this, by the time this is done, if he gets it next year, and that's Farrow's last year... Yeah, but how do you... When's Farrow retiring? Doesn't matter. He's off contract at the end of next year. So if they gave him the gig and he's in, and that's the end of him, and he doesn't want... Still, he could do enough damage Brooks, to you for that first year. Moses, all this kind of stuff. It's basically that flip what Penrith did for two years, three years. I just don't think... Their juniors are pretty good but I still don't think they're in as good a position as what Penrith are. Product placement, you've got to make yeah. sure that CEO is on board. Yeah. you got rid of the, the... Well, obviously, the issues have got rid of the coaches. And then you I, need to be no, a... Mate, if, if they rung me, and I'm a nobody coach, they rung me on Monday 
or today and said, mate, you can have the Tigers in our order, I'd say no thanks. Yeah, but I'm just saying, out of, out of the circumstance and he's putting up here, you have to make a decision. I reckon it needs a bit of both. I need a clean out yeah. and well, they need a coach. The problem's going to stay as long as Farrah's there. And you know what they'll do? They'll probably give Todd Payton the, the gig. And it, it might be a little bit rosy for a couple of years while Farrah's there and they're all buddies. But as soon as it gets to a point where the fans are fed up with losing and playing below average footy, there'll be pressure on him as well. And the circle will just continue to revolve. You know, I think it's a combo, Tom, but the biggest thing is CEO, coach, and then even like some of the same page. None of them have got to be Tigers linked or linked to the group. I think they need an external group and a similar kind of rebuild, but it would be a Penrith-type job. It'd be a couple of years before you'd start to see the fruits uh, of that labour. Andrew Wales, I'm a Sharks fan, but having lived on the GC for 14 years, I cheer the Titans as well. Loving their attitude this year, but you've got to put Hoffman on the wing and meet at fullback. I know you agree, but do you think he will? No, I don't think he will, and I don't know why. I thought Mead was brilliant at fullback, to be honest. And Mead should, There's no way that Mead should have been moved out of fullback. The other thing I loved, and I said this to you, if you were going to score a try, he throw, he human spears himself at you. If you're going to get well, over the, the line... Weekend, like, on kick return, he was way better than Zillman. And look, I think Zillman tries hard. Don't get me wrong, Zillman's effort's great, but he's, he's, he's half had, the football and Mead is. Yeah, but he's had a lot of injuries all this. They, that's past that point for him to be playing at fullback. Isn't Zillman a co-captain or something? Oh, got, God, like, no. see, I, I know think, he's a senior bloke. there's a little but... bit of that in it as well. Like, we've got to put him in the side. Say what, you've got to move forward. It's rubbish. There's yeah. too many leaders. Look, Mead's a better player. Put Mead at fullback. Yeah. I don't think he will, but... And they've got a very good winger in the 20s as well. That young, I can't pronounce it, Lulu Seattle. We saw him in the yeah. uh, the nines. He's a powerful beast and he's been scoring a mint down there as well. Uh, quote of the round, but he's a hooker. Gal, classic. Yeah. Good times. Good old Mick Ennis. Yep. Andrew Pointer. Was Norman's offense uh, a clear case of penalty try? I thought for sure Morgan was going to ground the ball uh, if he wasn't pushed. Also, cheers for getting the surname right first try. <laughs> Uh, last week, champs. Everyone wants to throw a T in there. Nah, we're not going to do that like people do with Hodgkinson and all that kind of stuff. That's my pet hate. It's Hodgkinson for anyone out there. Don't call him Trent Hodgkinson. There's no G's or anything yeah. like that. Uh, look, to answer the question, I thought it was 10 in the bin. Yeah, but, and as far as we've said this before, they've basically set a precedent on not giving penalty tries, which is why I was surprised that... Yeah, when we... the rule is that you have to absolutely 100% know yeah. who's going to ground the ball. So, yeah, there's a few this year that you might be able if to say. If they change the rule to say that if you give away a professional foul in the in goal in a situation which is, you know, subjectively very likely he could have scored a try, then I'd be happy with it to go penalty try. But the way the rules are written, you basically have got to have possession of the ball and have someone take your head off, i.e. Jamie Ainsco, for a penalty try to be awarded. Yeah. Yep. Troy Schroeder. Uh, why is it when the Raiders have a win, the Sydney media never give us credit? Apparently, Raiders only win when the opposition play poorly. No, the Raiders were good. Uh, but the Raiders have been inconsistent. I think it's just a simple. It's a bit like the Melbourne situation down there. They wouldn't get a lot of plaudits. It's where they are, really. Yeah, but everyone respects Melbourne. I, I think Canberra are still struggling for respect, and they will do as long as they're inconsistent. And they're going to get into the finals. Yeah, well, there's a few games already, and even, like I said, being tied to the joint a little bit, it's disappointing. Like, the one they lost to the Titans, they should have went on to win. No way, we should have won that game. Frank Paul basically self-imploded. They blew a lead against Newcastle, who potentially are the worst team in the comp, probably besides the Tigers. Attitude-wise, they're definitely not the worst side in the comp. But those two, they should have taken, and then they go play the Bulldogs at Belmore, where you look and say it's against them, and then they blow them off the park. So their biggest thing is the games they generally should win, they don't. And the games you sit there and go, oh, they probably won't win this week. They do. So, yeah. And then after that, they blew the last two weeks against two decent sides when they had a chance to stand up. And um, Yeah, 
bit more consistently, hopefully, Troy, because they've definitely got a talented side. Luke Tomlins, where to start with the Tigers? Well, we've made plenty of mention there, so I think you would have taken all all information we've basically said on them. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. Uh, Michael Painter. There's no question. Uh, Yeah, fair enough. Daniel Hollins. Wow. Going away from the league this week because I feel like everyone keeps talking about origin halves or refs, which point I feel both have been beaten to death. I think I remember you boys saying that you listen to the Bill Simmons podcast. If so, for one game of commentating the league, would you rather listen to Sims talk about everything that he and Nance talked about earlier or Collinsworth narrating every bit of league controversy during the last five minutes of the GF by explaining how he interrogated the player, telling him to look into my eyes? Look into my eyes. Look into my eyes. I'm telling me, Tom. Brilliant. <laughs> I'd rather listen to Collinsworth. Yeah, I'm, I like both of them, but I love Collinsworth. I hate Nance and Sims. They're horrendous. Yeah, they are. And Nance Gasm. Uh, Pete, no. <laughs> love it. Pete. Brilliant. Good change of tone there, Daniel Hollins. Big fan. Big fan. David Boyle, has the storm finally turned a corner, or was it just the Warriors were poor? Oh, we don't know until next week. Take a bit out of both. But, yeah, Titans were resilient against us last time. We're going to go up and play them up there. But I think the best thing, David, yeah, if you are a Storm fan, 6-2, and two, and honestly, we've been pretty poor. Mm. So that was obviously a, a very positive result. But you've also got to remember our edges have been different every week. Kronk's been playing quite poor. The only real consistent piece of the Melbourne Storm this year for me has been the forward pack. They've been outstanding just about every game. Yeah, Smith. So, uh, other than that, uh, back line, spine, uh, yeah, the forward pack's been leading the way. So, William Robinson, in your opinions, was the Sandburgers hit on Joe O worth a penalty or would you have let it go? I think it's a penalty. Should someone have been sinbin in that game? Oh, well, how many times did Maxwell say he was going to sinbin someone? He yeah. didn't follow through in any of it. And same again, you lose respect yep. and, the, and you lose control of the game. I thought that game got out of control. Yeah, it did. Uh, Burgess, theoretically, he did nothing wrong. But there's a bit of a gentleman's rule, I think, that you don't do that to players. Yeah, just if you're um, going to flop in, blew up. just flop in. Yeah, you know we've seen Dave Tarn had a laugh when he's just pancake, but the big wind up and the swing in the back, all the it rest. It was of almost it. like a wrestling move. Yeah, it was kind of shit. If he just power bombed him with a big, you know, frog splash or something, you'd go. Right. I also think wasn't the play blown dead before that, and then he did it. I don't think so, but mm. it was just I'd the like fact he come up. running all the way in, got up on the big tippy toes, and did the big wind yeah. up people's elbow style. And, um, if anything, like I said, they both fired up, but Brisbane got the better of that. That really lit Brisbane up for the rest of that game, and yeah. they went after him. Offerhand Gowie, I think he got put on report. So did Blair, and it's not looking too good. But Offerhand Gowie whacked a few blokes after that. So oh, yeah. Sam definitely lit the fuse uh, for that situation. Hugh Laws, it's weeks from selection now. Who would your New South, uh, New South Wales halves be? Oh, still not any clearer. Oh, I don't know. Still not any clearer. Even though uh, the Raiders won by well, Reynolds, more. Reynolds' jaw might be busted again. Yeah, well, his jaw might be busted. In the two weeks he's been back, they've been poor and he's had no influence on the game. Uh, Seize the other night, I honestly didn't think it had much of an effect on that 60-point win and Austin wasn't playing. No. Pierce still isn't playing. Hodkinson, there's no way I'd pick him again. Move even on. If he has Reynolds on, Josh Reynolds, I'm definitely not picking. We're in trouble, Hugh. We're in big trouble. Yeah. Daniel Gerritsen, how much of the Raiders' win was Josh Hodgson and how much of the Tigers' atrocious ruck defense? Well, I don't think you could put it all yeah, on Josh Hodgson. His great. forward pack rolled forward, which gets him out of dummy half. And that edge that they kept shifting to on um, the right-hand side just absolutely bathed Rankin, Malone, and blokes that have barely played first grade. So it was a whole team effort. They just absolutely blitzed uh, the Tigers. Sandy Hunter, could you please explain the obstruction rule? Jesus. Just leave this one to Brock. He, he had many conversations about this last night. 
What it, no, I, I just think an obstruction is where you impede the defence mm. and their ability to make a tackle or make a decision. Simple. So uh, that's as simple as you can explain it. So if you watch the play and you've got to ask yourself, was the defence at some point impeded? If the answer is yes, then the trial should be disallowed. There you go. Bang. Good stuff. Aaron Wood, not Aaron Woods, no relation. I'm hoping there without the yes. Question, how long does Jason Taylor and Andrew McFadden have and who will be fired first? Well, they've both basically been guaranteed their job by both the CEOs. They're both gone. And we all know that that's the kiss of death. I think they'll both stay until the end of the year. But Probably. They're not going to have their job after the end but of the year. But then now you're burning your year. You might as well get someone in. And Well, I'm with you. So we all basically know the terrible secret about Todd Payton. We've talked about it. They're yeah. better off just making a move right now. On the flip side of the Warriors, I don't know. I said before that I had a little theory about Stephen Kearney the New Zealand setup, the fact they've got the New Zealand players, blah, 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 and maybe tying all that kind of stuff in. Would they do it? Who knows? Would Ivan Cleary go back there? Who knows? Um, but, yeah. if Who would you hire for the Warriors? You have to hire someone. I'd want Cleary. You'd want Cleary? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm with you. There you go. If There you go. Basically, if they got, we basically know what's going on with the Tigers. The other one, uh, not really mentioned, Tim Sheens. I think Tim Sheens could do a really good job over there. They do like to play attacking football. Um, again, though, could he rein in that Tim defensive? Sheens, again, he's the one just been burned by. Yeah, well, club, I think he wouldn't club. leave where he is. I think the South and things kind of they lost but points. It'd be on massive money. They got the salary cap this year. They said this morning. I'm yeah. not so they'll probably finish too much up on that. They're going to finish in the bottom four now. South. Is there only six points? Yeah, but they're still. Is there? They're going to finish in the. bottom I thought four. they were doing okay. Oh, I haven't watched a lot. They'll end up in the middle eights. Yeah, oh well, fair enough. Yeah, well, basically, if which top, is if, basically a bottom four from Super League, top four from Champions If Tom Payton's not the Tigers, they will both be very surprised. Yeah, and the Warriors side of things, if you're going to hire someone tomorrow, Clear is probably best available. Uh, David Crellin, do you see the Panthers going on a winning run over the next four or so weeks with the opposition that they play? They've played more teams in the top eight so far this year than any other team. Well, on form, you'd think they would. They'll win more than they lose over the next four. Still need to close out games, though. I know they've played hard opposition, but if you can't finish games off, I don't care who your opposition is. Yeah. You still need to find a way to close out games. And it's been history in the making the other day, the whole aggregate over games and results. They're third all time now after yeah. 100-plus years of rugby league. As far as aggregate results, it's it's massive. Yeah, And I don't think it gets easier because if they get Segaro, that's fine. But I think Wallace has been brilliant at nine and I think his days as a Harvard done because of his knee problems and the fact that he probably doesn't challenge the line as much. Well the hands are tied in the fact and that Martin's, Martin's injured gone, so I have um, to move Wallace back and play Seguiara if if he's available. Well if they're looking towards the future, uh, I, I think people would be fifty fifty on how Sia would play, but honestly I think he's playing in a dinner suit. He still doesn't take the line on. He doesn't. But they have he to play him as well. Doesn't play deep in the line. If this whole move of Moylan playing five eight was ever going to happen and Dallin's yeah, a, a long term fullback. That's what I'm looking at right now. Yeah. I know it's probably still early in the year to be throwing all the chips on the table and saying, oh, we're out of the finals. They're definitely not by any stretch. But if no. that's the future, make a move, I say. Yeah, but I think you're going, to impact the, you're going to impact the team positively by doing that. Yeah, but if that's it's the future... not fu- an experiment, I don't think. No, nah, but if that's the future, that's all I'm getting at. If that's honestly what they're looking at doing, why not just let it ride? Yeah. Um, what have we got here? That's about us, I think. Let's just quickly refresh... Chris Cicluna, Titans fan, your man. Should there be a charge or suspension for either flopping or faking injuries to milk penalties? Starting to look like soccer at times. Yeah, yeah well, we touched be. on this. There's no doubt there should be a penalty. Charge him an inter- interchange. Um, absolutely ridiculous that we are seeing what we are seeing. And then looking on Twitter, 
no, not much really going on there. So all the questions on the Facebook. If there's anything later on uh, when I'm with Mr. Gossip, because, Brock, you've got a bit going on this day, I might uh, come back and do a few more of these questions. But we've done your questions, our Fast Five, answered our questions. We're about to review the games of the weekend. Then after that, we're just going to have a quick look after a quarter of the season, or a third, sorry, of the season going, at some of the odds for WilliamHill.com for futures and see if there's anything we like there, as we do like a punt, don't we? Oh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, yeah. All right, reviews of the games from the weekend. Broncos Souths, 30-8. to eight. Uh, They were a lot better, you could say, compared to what they have been. I have to give them some kind of credit there, but as much as they held off, I said it to the old man, and you know this yourself, as soon as that try, that poor try come from Nick Arima slipping out the scrum at the 33rd minute, I said if they let another one in before half-time, which you got the feeling that that was basically going to break the game. And lo and behold, a couple of minutes later, they give, uh, a, you know, blame the other players and said, oh, Sam Burgess is the only one who shot up out of the line to try and make a tackle. Sam Burgess shot up out of the line and left the hole. There he did. And Milford was smart enough to pick the pass there that Hunt barely saw coming. That's how good Milford's going at the moment. So that was a poor read by him. They go into halftime down. They come out. GI scores that try. But that moment we talked about with the Burgess flop, I think, if anything, that just Sparked ignited him. Brisbane even more. Yeah, did. I thought South were getting on top at that point mm. uh, or looking like they could. South tried very hard. Um, Brisbane still, even with struggling to puncture that left side, I thought they had a lot of chances and they kept chipping away. But the completion rate and just the little things they do, which South didn't do, let them back in. You know, they I think they only turned the ball over, made five errors the whole game, Brisbane. They completed yeah. almost 90% again. Yeah, they're so ridiculous. Just the simple stuff. But that moment sparked them up. And offhand Gowie, Blair might be getting five weeks, they reckon, if he has hit Reynolds late there and busted his jaw. We don't like, we've said before, we don't like reactions to people getting injured. I didn't think there was much in it. From shots, but at the same time, it's not. it wasn't exactly the smartest thing with the way the game went. But, um, but yeah. also, uh, like Adam Reynolds, how's your jaw going? It wasn't the biggest bump in the head I've ever seen. How's he going, the poor bugger? Since the comp, he's had the knee problem, he's had jaw injuries. Well, he's, since Good Friday when James Graham snapped his leg in But he came into last year, Dusty, as well, though. He's, he's had strap and tape on everything. Yeah. Now his face has been pounded like a speedball at a gym. Yeah. Um big problems little China but there wasn't many standouts really I know they, they put a much better effort in G. I thought I, Corey Parker in the record breaking game I thought most of their forwards very very good thought him Offen Gow yeah him Maguire Offen Gow all those blokes I thought were really really good and um, on the south side of things I thought Carter tried hard again as he always does but yeah. Yeah, besides that I, I thought you know Burgess had an okay game but overall the whole team put an effort in the moment they killed me again and it's really touched a nerve with me the last few weeks just seeing these players get hurt just how devastated they are. I really don't like them going to the dressing room and looking at those moments. I know people are like, oh, it's raw and it's good to see. I don't like it. No, I don't like that, it. That's yeah. a very... Like, when I done one of my ACLs, if someone was to stick a camera in my face, you'd honestly want to attack the person. Well, it wasn't in their face. It's, it's from the... Yeah, but it's... I, I, they don't know. I know that, but I, if, they, if that moment's there and you see that later on, I really don't want to see my moment of grief or my despair being sure. you know, broadcast. And they're all going, oh, it's all great to see how passionate they are. But for that bloke, just give him, give him that time. Yeah. Stay it should be private. Room, you know? so, uh, poor bloke, he's busted his ass at two clubs, didn't really have some success. I thought he's been really good so far since arriving. He's probably but... been their best back, I thought, this year. Yeah, and now it looks like it's a torn peck. So, um, yeah. hard done by their poor old Heimel Hunt. But Brisbane, they march on again. Parker, 331 games, the most ever games for a forward playing in that position. And it looks, with an extension next year, he'll take the all-time record. Oh, he will. Absolute so. machine. Like a fine wine getting better. With age, a really good game this week, the one I'm probably looking forward to the most. Broncos play the Sharks at Shark Park. Monday night? Oh, Sunday. 
Yeah, it's, it's Sunday, uh, three Sundays no, no, Monday night. because of the rep round, so they've cool. uh, shortened things up. But that one I'm looking forward to thoroughly. The Sharks gave a good account of themselves round one against the Cowboys, but that was round one, but off five wins in a row. Brisbane obviously on a win streak as well. This is two teams that I'm looking forward to watching at this point to see where Cronulla's at and where Brisbane's at. Uh, Souths, they play the Tigers. You'd love to think that's a win uh, after the effort they put in last week and how bad the Tigers were, but they've kind of got them the last few times from memory. Yeah, they have. have upset them a few times, so yeah. um, not sure quite what to expect, but I'd definitely be leaning towards South before I did the Tigers with the way they played last week. Dogs-Titans, I'm going to need your help with this one because uh, I only saw the first kind of half of this game and then I saw some scrappy bits because I left to go watch the Raiders game or get there. Well, it's a scrappy game. Scrappy, I saw the early game. try for, uh, obviously, Zeb Taylor. They grabbed the lead, but before you know it, they were down again. Bit of a slow, lingering period. They were down 20-8, to eight, and I think Henry's touched on a few weeks. They love giving away a lead and having to fight their yeah, way back. Yeah, but, but... and also, like, I know, I know we led, but um, we spent a long, long period on our try line defending our... You know, trying to defend and giving away possession and coming up with errors, and it was just through good defence, not through good play, that we uh, we ended up ahead um, early in the game. But yeah, it was a frust- frustrating game to watch. I think at the end, the Titans had three or four chances to kick a field goal and close that game out before Canterbury got one, and they nailed it. Uh, look, it's a game that Canterbury should have closed out. The last twenty minutes. They went to sleep and the Titans ran all over them. It's probably a game, realistically, that the Titans will think they should have won, mm. but a game, realistically, that they should never have had a, have had a chance to win, uh, only that Canterbury took the foot off the pedal, basically. I think I can say it again, and probably it sounds a little bit weird, considering that you know Reynolds kicked the winning field goal, but their hard struggle to close out games or generate points in general. They're well, they just stopped playing almost. They're forward packing. And they look tired. They ran out of, like they ran out of gas. Yeah, well, big side. Their forward pack and Hopawade were very good again, but in particular, James Graham and Aiden Tolman are ridiculous. Yeah. 200 plus a piece. It all basically comes from those two. And uh, again, I'm giving Hopawade a rap, but now he's not going to be playing for the next three weeks. So I thought they should have blooded Abby earlier, given this situation, if you weren't going to have Morris. Uh, we're obviously doing this a bit earlier, so lineups aren't out until later on when I have Mr. Gossip on, but I'd be interested to see who they name this week if he's not playing for the next three. Yeah, it's fair. Whether Brad Abley gets a run. Because um, the other player they had last year who was an accomplished fullback was Thompson, young Corey Thompson. He's no longer there at the club. Yeah. And I don't think there's anyone else that springs to mind from memory besides Tyrone Phillips maybe from Cup, but he doesn't have ball-playing ability. So I think Brad Abbey may be the only choice, unless they put Parrott there and pick someone else on the wing. Yeah. But again, not a ball player. So that kind of hinders what Hopawade has given them somewhat in these first eight games. Yeah. So looking forward to seeing what happens there. Uh, Dogs, they play Eels this week. They got done by them early on, and I think the Eels will be seething after the way they lost the other night. Very disappointed after putting a pretty decent effort. So look forward to seeing that one. And the Titans, we go again, buddy. Me versus you. Yeah. Up at your mob this time. Happy. Uh, looking forward to seeing what happens with that one. But they gave a good account of themselves in that round. I think it was round two, wasn't it? Yeah, round, round two. three. Early doors. Put the effort in, but Melbourne got them. So I look forward to watching that one. This game doesn't need much talk. 60 to 6. Canberra over the Tigers. What else do you really need to say other than the Tigers put in. That was soft. Basically, no effort. They scored one try off a couple of errors and repeat sets they got off Chris Lawrence. But other than that, the first try was a five metre crash over for Whitehead. Boydie crashed over the same way. Uh, Vaughn in the second half when he got his try, they were all crash overs. Yeah, um, they weren't yeah. even moving off their line. And in particular, Canberra's right edge attack, their left side, which was Malone, Siren and Rankin, all very 
uh, you know, have barely played any games together, let alone much first grade. They got absolutely schooled by Leilua, Rapana, that edge, and Hodgson and the halves made a real good effort to get the football there. Yeah, they played tougher, smarter, faster. Tigers are a rabble. And mm. it was disappointing, particularly with the way that the Tigers played the week before. They gave a pretty good account of themselves against Me- uh, Melbourne. Yeah. And then they dished and to that give up, that. So. Uh, 11 tries, 11 line breaks, almost 90% completion rate. It's disgusting. It was all one-way traffic. Attitude. 2,000 metres conceded. They just got absolutely bloodbathed. Um, there was no real positives or any players that I could highlight for the Tigers. It was just a sad day in general. So yep. Canberra, massive win. Look to see a positive on the back of it. Like we said before, they generally seem to get a decent win or a win that you wouldn't expect and then blow up the week after. They yep. play Penrith in Bathurst. That will be a tough game. As we know, Penrith have taken everybody be. into the wars. So... Looking for a bit more resilience this week from them and the Tigers. They play South, flip a coin, but off what you're saying, you'd be going South on exposed form. Yeah. Cowboys, 32 to 16 over the Eels. This one, again, a bit patchy for me because it was after the Canberra game, so I only got to see bits and pieces on the TV. Uh, but I saw. It was a high quality game, probably till the, the Norman incident. What about early on, though? There's one I missed because we got moved into the function room uh, where Foran crashed over. I didn't really get to see a good replay, but they called that a no try, didn't they? That was was one that an obstruction? Was talking about, about the lead runner. Lead yeah. runner. I missed you that. You take one. the lead runner out, though. I think they still score. Uh, again, there was that argument that, oh, but the, the obstruction happened two players in. Well, in this case, it didn't matter. The, the bunker still agreed. Whereas yesterday, there were ones that, again, they got wrong. Um, yeah, but I thought it was the right call. It was it was a no try. And, um, yeah, it cost Parramatta. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. But, but Para, Para were good. They got a couple of lucky intercept tries and some things went their way, but they were down 14 nil at half time. They gave away a dumb penalty at the end of the half and Thurston kicked a goal, go up 14. I thought that was a fair reflection, but I think, didn't think Parramatta did too much wrong first half. Cowboys are just very, very good at home. And second half, they managed to get themselves back into the game and then obviously the Corey, Corey Norman incident happened. and They got them right. You would have just, yeah. And then it was also the way that Norman carried on. Mm. Carried on like a bit of a pork chop, and I've got a high opinion of him. And you know, I've openly said that I'd I'd go out and chase him if he if I'm chasing a half. He's a man I want at the moment. Well, Penrith and a few clubs could use one. He's the man out yeah, of all the ones on the market. He, I thought he acted poorly and carried on a little bit like a goose. So, um, but in the end, that's what cost him the game. I would just like to have seen him trust his fullback or bat the ball dead, kick the ball dead, taking the player out. It's never going to end well in a try scoring situation. And cost him ten points, and ultimately the game. Or yeah. any chance of winning the game. Well, basically, the reflection I got afterwards from yourself and a few other people was the scoreline, because that's what I saw, obviously, from missing that second half. is not a true reflection because of that moment. 16 oh, I probably think it, it was. I, I think, yeah, but the, I way think the, the Cowboys were probably three tries better than Parra. Yeah, but the way they came at the end, basically, when it was 16 all, and the way they fought back in yeah. to have a couple late. Um, but if anyone's going to put you to the sword, if you're a man short, it's going to be the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, it ruined our charity bit, unfortunately, too. <laughs> That 1-12 to 12 oh, yeah. was looking quite nice when I kept looking at my thanks, phone. But thanks, Corey. Go on. Well, we got the other one, so at least we got we one. Did. We should be two from two, though. Yeah. Corey. 
Cowboys. Just keep rolling on. Strength from strength. Michael Morgan, Kurt, all these blokes. We could just keep rolling them off every week. They're very consistent. They're looking very sharp. They play the Eagles this week at Brookvale, who have got their injury troubles again. Otherwise, I think this would have been a lot higher quality game. I'm not saying it's going to be a walk in the park. Well, it won't um, but it's hurting every week to probably see Manly keep losing players and constantly having to reshuffle. Yeah. So it's still hard to get a real gauge on where they're going to be at the end of the year because you can't see them put a full side on the park every week. Um, so hard times there. Eels, like we say, play the Dogs. Dogs, no doubt, looking for a bit of revenge. Eels, looking to bounce back. Still nothing from coming from that cap situation. Waiting to see when that finally gets handed down. But Cronulla versus the Panthers, 20-18. This was a really good game of football. Oh, it was. I enjoyed this game thoroughly. Uh, a very close game again. But Sharks, they get five in a row. Penrith, heartbroken. Like I said, make a bit of history with the aggregate scores and how close all their games have been. And uh, I think the big thing for me, they're still struggling to attack. Anything that's like a set player or, or a play the ball, they just look like they've got no idea. Whenever it gets to offloads and breaking things down, Penrith had a bit of success inside 20, but the actual structured play was awful. And I bring it down to, again, the fact that you don't have to be accountable for Jamie Sauer digging into the line and making you make a decision. Yeah. He plays well before the line, and he doesn't run the football. So just about everything he does, you can just slide straight off him. And have numbers every time. Yeah. And Tamari Martin, I think, has suffered a little bit for it. And he got hammered on the weekend. And it looks like he's fractured his shoulder and is going to be out. So, important uh, decisions there. I heard some complaints about Fafita got away with a couple of passes off the ground. And Well, I thought the first one was a no-brainer. It was off the ground, clearly. But I don't think it affected the game. From what I saw of the game, I didn't think it had a massive effect. They both had opportunities both ways. The goal in the end kind of hurt Maloney's goal-kicking. They, they scored the extra try also kicked better that ended up being the difference but I thought Chad Townsend again like we said last year for the Warriors doesn't get much raps but he's a very good football player Yeah, big difference in this one that Lewis shot was massive on Matty Moylan was it necessary for it was a hit of the round Mick Ennis to really get involved I know a few people have blown up about that but that's the way the rules are we've said this again it's another one of those situations why you've either got to ignore him or put one on his chin yeah. one or the other why we don't want to we're not encouraging the punching or to bring back that and the shoulder charge etc all these young bloke all these little fellas wingers halves etc they've been this way since that rules allowed him to be so yeah. we got penalised for it so yeah but I it, I don't know tell me the last bloke that's got penalised for running in yeah. It was ridiculous. So, you get inconsistency. Yeah. Massive effort by Gallon, Fafita, their forward pack. On the Penrith side of things, I thought Marin had one of his best games. He racked up some pretty significant numbers. Peachy did a good job coming off the bench in an awkward situation. But um, that reshuffle this week, like I said, if the future is Moylan playing in the halves and Dallin's the we'll fullback, yeah. I'm all for it happening right now, even if Segari's come back I don't in. think it will. Uh... No, I don't think it will either. I don't think they're willing to pull the guns out on that just yet. But um, if that's where the future lies, I think they need to do it. Penrith, they play Canberra and Bathurst. Tough game there. And the Broncos are playing the Sharkies at Sharp Park. A real test for them early on in the year. Newcastle versus Manly, 26-10. A tough win, but it came at a cost, losing Stewart and Tom Dravojevic. Well, they they were both very good, too. Um, Look, they they fluffed around in this game, didn't they, Manly? I thought first half, Newcastle were the better side. Uh, They kicked away late, but... Yeah, it was unconvincing, and obviously the cohesion in the side has been greatly affected because they just can't they can't get the same team on the field every week. That was a big thing I was going to say. As simple as oh, sorry, as awkward as it's been having Coruscant Walker in the half, I think they've had a simple game plan since Cherry Evans has been out. Those guys have just worked off the back of quick play the balls and run the football. Mm. Cherry comes back in yesterday. They seem to be a lot more ball movement, a bit more side to side stuff. But I thought they were just off the pace for the first half as well. It was very disjointed, and also. 
Parcel had a really good run at nine. Then Coruscant's just moved back there, and well, he may not be playing. Been injured, so may not be playing next week. And now they need a fullback. So I looked at this and I was trying to figure it out before. Realistically, next week I think Coruscant plays six. Walker goes back to fullback, and Parcel they reckon's good to go. He's playing nine again. If you're going to reshuffle things, I think that's well, basically their only option. Yeah, I don't know because you still got No Tafua, who's the only other guy on that team that's really played fullback all the way through the juniors. Um, he's out, and there's not anyone else really in that back line that's got the ability to play. They've got Matt Wright coming down from North Queensland who can play fullback center wing, but I don't think you're going to throw him the responsibility of they playing probably, fullback for They him. probably will. Week Straight one, away. that's a pretty big call. I don't, I don't know, mate. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, a situation that I'm not envious of, that's for mm. sure. And it, the sad thing is if it's not the first time this year they've had to sort of reshuffle the whole side. No. I think considering all the injuries they've had, Manly are playing quite well. Yeah. And then on the other side of things, Mullen gone. Another one of these situations yeah, where someone has to be brought in. They played Weir Pearsall, the good young half they bought from Manly a couple of weeks ago as a nine. Um, I don't know if he got injured or what happened in that game. I think he went off. I don't know if he's out. But he has to come in or they have to blood, uh, blood Brock Lamb, who's been a little bit off the boil since showing some really good promise, I think. Yeah, him and Cogger obviously were the um, yeah the big pair the combination coming through. So yeah, well it looks that way, doesn't it? So yeah. Newcastle, I thought were the better side. If you want to go on, particularly for the first half, but Newcastle can't score points. No, nah, but look at their side. Re- I know. I, so I know. many I just guys. Thought they, their effort in the first half was sensational. Mm. They just and then by the end of it, they just become disoriented and frustrated and. You know, because they can't score points, and and that's where Manly just came over the top of them and put on a couple of late tries. Yeah, so many kids with you know basically learning as they go. A lot of guys under ten games uh, losing Mullen obviously doesn't help, and then they lost Matiata who just moved back from the Dragons very early as well. So that made him a bit frail defensively, having to readjust on the edge. But not going to question effort. Said that before. I think Nathan Brown, he's definitely getting enough out of his players, something you would want to see for a team that is going to have to suffer, but mm. uh, more interesting to see if they make any moves off the field. Cade Stone looks like he's going to medically be retired, so uh, off contract and now at the end of the year, there's a bit of money to be freed up there. More looking to see what happens with that side of things, but it's going to be a tough rest of the year again for Newcastle, and they play the Roosters this week. It's 15th versus 16th. Yeah, Mitch Pearce back this week too. That's going to be a massive difference, I think, before we move on to that Roosters game. And Manly, like we said, tough one. They've got to play the Cowboys, so they've got some questions to ask as far as readjusting their spine and their back line this week. But the Roosters, they lose to the Dragons 20-18. to 18. Uh, Down 18-0. I'm sorry, Dragons fans, but I'm going to say it again. The attack's still poor. They scored off an intercept. The other one was an error that they dived on, and the other one was just a crossfield kick. So yeah. I'm still a little bit worried. And again, much like last week against your mob, the Titans, they scored all their points in the first half. And then the second half last week, they kicked the field goal. This week, they kicked the penalty goal. Mm. So the bank points, good on them from their defence, or maybe some poor passes. You get them, you know, you make your own luck, all well and good, but there still needs to be work on the attack. Yeah, well, you know, at half-time yesterday, I had a bet on the Roosters because I thought $10 was a ridiculous price. For that reason, that I thought, well, the Dragons, I thought the Roosters had scored three, maybe four tries in the second half. They were just well off the pace in the first half, the Roosters. Mm. Um, They made some silly errors, and they... Played some loose, undisciplined football, which ultimately cost them the game because, you know, you extend that game for five, ten more minutes, the Roosters, I think, win comfortably. So the yeah, Roosters well. just ran out of time. But the Dragons, they did all they could. They frustrated uh, the Roosters into that style of play in the first half, and they were obviously good enough to, to take their chances. But you're right in the fact that 
the way that they're getting their points isn't going to be consistent. No, like that's not going to happen against Brisbane. Week. That's not happening against Melbourne. That's not well, happening just, against the Cowboys. Who it is, it's just yeah. not going to happen consistently. So they've got to work out ways in which to get points consistently. And I, I, people out there are going to say, well, defensive pressure and yada yada yada, and that's definitely how you get your opportunities. But yeah, uh, they they still got to look at their. Attack. That was against the worst side in the comp, and they still almost blew it. And I thought second half they just stopped playing the Dragons. They, they shut just, down. Yeah, one out and Bank the points. Roosters. That's why the Roosters were teeing up on them. And then yeah. in the field position. Well, that late tackle that wasn't late on rain uh, gives him that penalty goal that ultimately makes the difference. I thought Madison had a bit of a struggle in the first half, but second half, very, very good. Yeah. Grabbed a try, set one up with that lovely flick pass. Jake Friends has been next level considering the circumstances for them. But uh, Latrell Mitchell, again, scored a try, gave one away. We've got those little moments. Give him time. He's only a baby. But uh, losing Gary and Orbison early hurts too because they're both edge players and also guys that can fill in in other spots if they had problems in the back line. So yeah. um, I think Mer- uh, sorry, Rain off that hit that I didn't think was late got injured, so I'm not sure what his status is. We'll have to wait again later on this afternoon when the lineups come out to see what's going on there. But if he's not playing nine, that hurts because I don't think Harvey's got the ability to play 80. No, he was all uh, And then this week they're in an awkward situation where we know there's stuff happening behind the doors with Benji. If they bring him back, do you have to put McCrone on the bench to play nine or something like that? So yeah, their attack, their attack doesn't look like it's going to get much better if they have to make adjustments to a spine that's already struggling. Mm, cohesion issues. Mm, big issues there. But uh, the Dragons, they go to New Zealand next week looking to uh, get a win. I think they've got a pretty decent record from memory going over there and playing the Warriors. Um, they, they obviously got flogged and the Roosters play Newcastle. So 15th versus 16th, I think they're definitely a better side on paper. But if you put Pierce Cordner and Rory Hargraves is said to be close this week, uh, you'd have to think they're going to grab a win. You'd have yeah. to. Yeah. But my God. Particularly it's, Newcastle away from home. It's getting harder now, like we said, though. I really thought they would jag a couple of ugly wins just about anything they've been in touch. They're similar to Penrith, really. Yeah. Um, their record with two and one-point losses or the golden point loss to the Warriors, that's really hurt them. If they even jagged half of those games, they'd at least have three wins by now yeah. and be in a decent position to maybe make a run home. But the odds are stacked further and further against them. Oh, there's no way. I think they're... Shortening for the spoon. There's no way with those guys back they're getting the spoon. No way, no. But yeah, I think the top eight starts. The Tigers are going to get one of them's going to get the spoon. Yeah, the top eight starting to look a lot further away though. Yeah. Um, eight games, one win. What's that bring it back down to then? They've got 16 left. They need 11 basically. Yeah. On the minimum. Out of 24, you need to win 12. So and four 12 and against. 12. How many have they lost? They've only Seven. won one. So, so 16 to go. go. Five. They need 11. 11 and five. Yeah, that's a massive ask. Well, it's two of every three, basically. And that's to say, again, no injuries, no other issues for the rest of the year. Yeah, two of every three. Yeah. And, they, and they've got the origin period as well. So. Yeah, well, hard road ahead, and we finish things off with the Melbourne Storm, 40-0 uh, over the Warriors down there. Uh, it was dead set one-way traffic. The Warriors just weren't present for that game at all. Yeah, it was terrible. When we had the pre-game and the, the faces and everything, I thought it was going to be a typical game where they fire up, they go after each other. Lots of Kiwis, obviously, in the Melbourne side as well. Um, but one-way traffic, and the poorest thing of all, and you pointed this out earlier, running past the point of attack just to let Melbourne's forward stroll through gaps where Cameron Smith didn't even have to think. Yeah. The player in that mini line, that ABC, those first three defenders that are usually so tight and secure, they just left well, a gap there. Playing up past the ball. Yeah. yeah, so a couple of front-row crashovers just came very easily from just poor decisions. And mm. um, You'd have to think, with the reshuffled back line and a very inexperienced one, I think that was their best game for Melbourne. But the forward pack, I'm giving all the credit to. Because yeah. it's Bromwich who gets the wraps, and like you said, Tohu doesn't get enough. And all of our bit players, in particular Glasby and Kenny Bromwich, and even Finucane who gets no love, every one of those blokes is doing a job right now. Yeah. They're not hindering us when we make interchanges. 
the forward pack has been the highlight of Melbourne's football this year, which in the past we haven't had a great pack. We've had a couple of players and it's been all about the spine. But I think the reason we've been in every single game of football we have this year is our forward pack. And the biggest credit that I think was the Dogs game. I thought our halves let us down. Our back line and obviously even Smitty didn't have a great night, but I think our forward pack in every single game has had us in the contest. Yeah, they were, they were great last night and the Warriors were shit out, basically. Yeah, there wasn't many positives and it gets harder with Lola here now not being there to cover for fullback. So Abby's not there anymore. I don't really know who they're going to put in that position. Yeah. Uh, Simon Mannering, I don't think it was a broken jaw. They talked about a really bad cut to maybe a muscle or something in the mouth. So okay. he, he was yeah, going to have to get... Well, we both thought broken jaw. Mm. Well, when, usually when you see the blood in the yeah, mouth yeah, and the way it was getting held, but... Yeah. Um, well, that's the, what the trainers would have suspected. From as well. the vague hearing, I thought they said he would have to have surgery, but it was going to be hard to get it done last night because of the public holiday and everyone being off. So yeah. um, he might have to stay in Melbourne and get something done there, but... Uh, You'd think he's long ones to play this week. Yeah. And again, 6-2, and two, considering I thought, you know, they've been pretty poor, but that was a good showing. But looking at the back, because the back line is the part again. So short. No Slater, Chambers, Hawkins, Scott or Blair, and four or five of those guys play games in the first couple of rounds. Yeah. So they've had to completely run on the fly. Sully Vunavalu has been really, really good. Corabetti, I thought that was probably close to Kenner and Tonema Pia's better games in first grade in a key position playing centre, not off the wing. Yeah. They were given responsibility last night and early ball, and I thought they both made good decisions. So um, full credit to basically the whole Melbourne side. The Warriors were awful. But they go home to play the Dragons this week. Flip a coin. I hope they put a decent effort in. Uh, they did the week before, but they obviously didn't turn up last night. Dragons very tough. In Melbourne, they play your mob, the Titans, yeah. at home. But that wraps up the reviews, the Fast Five. All the questions, just a quick look at the odds, um, the markets for the Premiership at this third of the way mark after eight rounds. The Premier's market, Brock, no surprise here. The Brisbane Broncos, 375 North Queensland, $4. They're very, very short favourites behind them. Uh, no surprise again. There's Cronulla, there's Parramatta, there's Melbourne. Eight dollars and thirteen for Melbourne and yeah, Parramatta. I but couldn't have money on anyone but the top two. Yeah. You have a hundred on both, and you're going to double your money basically. I'm I with think you. One of them wins it. And if you went the minor premiers market, I think basically the same. Dollar seventy five for Brisbane, three twenty five for North Queensland. Both going to be heavily origin affected. I'd probably be more likely just to have a hundred on North Queensland in that circumstance. I'll just steer clear of it. But um, yeah, but I don't think the minor premiership has much. No, I wasn't, wasn't going to say validity, but I don't think teams really want to win it. Yeah. They're not going to go out of their way to try and win the minor premiership. Well, to make the top four, you wouldn't touch Brisbane or North Queensland, but Cronulla are $1.45. That's pretty short. Dogs after that, two fifty. I don't agree with that. I think Parramatta. Melbourne and Parramatta at 3 and three twenty five are probably the two I'd be interested in, but Parramatta, you don't know what's going to happen yet. If they lose points, you could back them. But Melbourne at $3 to make the top four, considering who's hovering around that market, that's not too bad a bit. Because mm. you look what's behind them. Canberra, $5. Manly, 6 Penner $6. penner has got a lot of wins to make up. Souths are off the boil. Well, that was my top four before the season started, too. Brisbane, was Cowboys, Brisbane Cowboys, Sharks, Sharks Melbourne. So. Uh, the two that are killing me are the Roosters are dead last and the Warriors have now lost Shaq so. and Lola here. So. I had both. Uh, Manly have found their way in. Six of my top eight is in the top eight at this point in time. Um, to make the top eight, any value in this one? Scrolling a little bit further down... Yeah, well, the Dragons and Warriors are probably the two there that I look at. Two forty for roosters, the Dragons. Well, the roosters. Five dollars for the Roosters. So if you're going to have a, I think Gold Coast Knights, Tigers. Nah, none of them are, are making it. I don't think. If you think the Warriors can come good, they're two dollars. If you think yeah. the Dragons 
can stick on and make it like similar to what they did last year. They're two forty. Yeah, South. I suppose if they pull things together at two dollars, but if you're going to ask me to go one out of those, as much as it kills me, I'd probably say St George. Mm. If they keep playing there, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to bet on St George to nah. make the top eight. Well, Canberra was the big one that I liked earlier in the year. I got them about three dollars. I think. They've shortened into a dollar eighty now. There's still a bit of value there, but again, they've got to win. You've got to bet a lot of money to yeah win. They've got to win more consistent games. The wooden spoon market with William Hill. Oh, oh, a computer. She's not giving me too much at this point in time. Most losses not wooden uh, wooden spoon. Well, it, technically, it is the wooden spoon. Newcastle two fifteen. West Tigers three dollars. The Roosters five fifty. Knights. I was on the Knights start of the year. Can't yeah. believe the odds I got. Well, two fifteen. That's where they're at. Six dollars start of the year. Hey, Gil. Mind you, the Tigers worry me a little. What else you got? Mate, that's basically everything as far as the NRL futures are concerned. You kept an eye on the Super League? Yeah. Yeah. I'll have a quick look at the Super League. Premier's market, Wigan $3, Warrington $3, Catalan's four fifty. They've come in a long way. Warrington with Gidley and um, Sandow have improved a lot. Um, but if I was going to have a bet there, I, I'd, I'd probably back Catalan, to be fair. Um, and Wigan, I think Wigan will be very good. Even St. Helens. St. Helens got away to a really slow start, but they're now, I think they're out to $9 or something. So Yeah, well, I think... Into $9, but they've they got a decent side. They've had a lot of injuries. But from what I've seen, I like Warrington at three, or if not, I'd there's take... There's probably those four, I think. I'd take Catalan at four. The top two, I'd say, would be Wigan and Catalan. Yep. And then outside of that, just below, would be Warrington and St. Helens. But underneath that, I don't think anyone can win it. Well, Holden Cup, uh, I haven't seen a whole lot, but I do know that the top sides were obviously Penrith, Cowboys, Roosters, Cronulla, etc. But Penrith's played all three of those top sides in recent times. And 350 is pretty good odds. So clear. 350 is still there for Penrith. North Queensland, 550. Parramatta's one I've seen getting wins. They haven't played each other yet, have they? Or have they played? Yeah, Penrith hammered. They beat them? Well, basically, everyone that was a contender, they've beaten, really. I'm not saying it's a done deal yet, but... Yeah, but that's great odds for someone that's lost one game. And the game they lost was a game they should have won. Unless they get significant injuries or players start getting dragged in the cup and they fall off the pace. And that will happen. It will. But it'll just be whether the the players come back at the end of the year. Uh, Penrith at 350. There's one I'll probably tip you into, honestly. From what I saw the other week with the Cowboys, supposed to be the second-best team, I watched them hammer them. And apparently they didn't play very well against the Sharks on the They're weekend. Very different also. Uh, very different for Cowboys having to come down with the travel. And we, it was a similar result we got against them last year. But at the end of the year, Cowboys are flying. So yep. um, I think, yeah, Penrith's good value at 350. But if, you, if you're going to back someone else, you'd back the Cowboys. New South Wales Cup. I commentate a bit of this every week. Uh, I watched Illawarra play the other week. They're second favourites at $6. And to be honest, I wasn't a fan. No. Uh, watching Mounties, the only thing that's going to really hurt them is... But well, Mounties just can never close. Well, last year... They should have won it last year. I Probably in the year before. I thought Wyong were a good thing, and Wyong got beat by Newcastle, who got on a really hot run late yeah. in the year, which was random. But they also got a lot of guys back who debuted in first grade late. And a couple of injuries. But Mounty's probably the best side, but they're starting to feel the pinch a tiny bit as well because Clay Priest, obviously, on the weekend, Luke Bateman, guys that were playing for him, yeah. have started Going to push up. up so, well. uh, other than that, the one side I haven't seen from the commentating so far that there was raps on is the Newtown Jets, who are linked to the Sharks. Yeah, They're apparently going quite good, but I haven't got to call them yet. Uh, Wentworthville were the other one that had pretty good raps on them. They played Mounty's the other week and got beaten. And Penrith, I suppose, like we said, depends on who's there. But a few injuries at the moment. They'll get a couple of players back when a couple of blokes get healthy, but um, injuries keep coming for the Panthers, don't they? 
Yep. And the Queensland Cup. This one I've basically seen none of, to be honest. But from what I saw, it was... Oh, I saw a game last week. Papua New saw, Guinea. Um, I saw the Sunshine Coast play... Who did they play? They played Townsville. Lost the Townsville result. were very good. Yeah, I think the results basically look similar to last year. PNG and Townsville were leading the whole way. Uh, Townsville Blackhawks lost the grand final at Ipswich. I think they're struggling this year, but their side got absolutely pillaged. They've lost a lot of players. So yeah. it's a hard circumstance, but heavy favourites again. Townsville linked with the Cowboys, $2.75. PNG, $5. From what I've seen out of the games I have seen, teams like Easts, Northern Pride, etc., it looks like they're pretty clear-cut favourites, so... Um, they're all the futures at this point in the year from WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. You've got the Fast Five. We've answered your questions, reviewed the games from the weekend. Thank you, Boxhead. You won't be joining us for gossip tonight, but uh, I'll have him on later on. We'll do the tips, the odds, get any of his gossip, and uh, that'll wrap us up. So next, we're joined by Mr. Gossip. It's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. We're back to old conditions, riding solo. Me and you, Goss. Mate, old school. I love it. Oh, Boxhead, he's hit the eject button. He's, he's had a big weekend, I think. He's back after school holidays, two weeks of fun and games, and now he's back into a bit of a bedtime routine, so... Uh, he's got in early this afternoon. He had some stuff to do, but I, I reckon Betty buys a struck. The two weeks has caught up with him. He's probably lying in bed with a couple of arnets, biscuits, a cup of tea, and slippers, and he's tight. Yeah, no Peronis, that's for sure. A cup of tea, <laughs> maybe a couple of uh, Monte Carlos. I don't mind a couple of Monte Carlos, actually. It's making me hungry thinking about it, but... Oof. <laughs> Oof. You're sponsored, potentially. Monte Carlo, Arnott's, get on board. Mint slice, yeah. a couple of other different biscuits. Kingston's, like them too. Good times, love it. Beautiful. Mate, what is doing? Uh, Penrith, another heart attack. Mate, I, don't, I can't take much more of it, to be honest. Going to have to get the ticker changed, mate. You might have to get an artificial oh. put in there, something. Just, yeah, my fingernails are gone. There's bite marks in the chairs at home. The kids think I'm mental. Mate, you're going to have to buy some kind of punching bag or one of those blow-up clowns. You put the water in the bottom, you can just punch it and it bounces back up every time. Something to stress relief. <laughs> Oh, mate, it's uh, just, it, just win by 30 or lose by 30, I'm happy. No, mate, hopefully, fingers crossed, they start getting things done. But I spoke about it earlier to Brock, and I'm sure you saw it. If you watch the, the Foxtel coverage, they are third all-time in the history of rugby league for aggregate score as far as results are concerned. And that's since 1908. That is crazy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But having said that, the... Uh, the goal kicking's not helping much. I mean, Jamie Sowers kicking like my golf swing is just horrendous. So. Yeah, I can't back my golf swing either. Not a good time, but, mate, uh, much cooking this week? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, we'll start with your mob, the Melbourne Storm, and my team, the Panthers. Mm. Um, it looks like Joshy Mansell, well, he is on contract again this year, but the Storm are very, very keen to have him over in Melbourne next year. So uh, would be a good sign for Melbourne. That's if he stays on his wing, doesn't rush in all the time. <laughs> Uh, I think the main thing here, and this doesn't surprise me now that we're hearing about Corabidi, if the money that the ARU are throwing uh, at him is said to be true, or even overseas, uh, as much as I love him, Melbourne's not going to pay 800000 or whatever they're talking for a winger. So um, Mansour could do a lot worse, that's for sure. And if there's one thing I don't like, it's he's got a couple of errors in him, but if there's one thing I do like, uh, if there's someone who can get that out of his game, it's definitely Craig Bellamy. So 
Um, yeah, depending on the money, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, well, I don't know, a couple of years ago, Canberra offering big money for him. He, he stayed low for Penrith, they give him his shot. He's actually a Bulldogs junior. The Bulldogs said he would never crack first grade, so uh, how long they were. Um, he signed with South and um, over to Penrith, Ivan Cleary for his first ever game, and he, he, he's done well since, but I don't think he's put together a full season without injury, so. Nah, um, you're right about that. Uh, so a lot of people talking about origin, but uh, like you said, he's got a lot of errors in his game. Uh, especially defensively and under the high ball, he can look like a goose at times, but he's definitely a meter reader. Actually, he reminds me of Matty Utah, that sort of style of winger where he just hits it hard, but that's about all. Yeah, well, like I said, looking at that, if there's anyone that can kind of fix those little things, and especially the yardage side of things, Melbourne's pretty big on that. Um, if he's a lot cheaper and we can work those errors out, I wouldn't have a problem with it, but yeah, it all will come down to money at the end of the day, but whether he'd be willing to move, I suppose. He's, he seems like a Sydney bloke to me. I don't know if he'd be willing to go to Melbourne, but only time will tell, I guess. What else is cooking? Yeah, well, I posted at uh, the end of last week about uh, Cootie and uh, that he's going to stay in council for another two years. Um, a lot of other media outlets have come out since then saying that that's not the case, but I'll stand by my comments and that he will and already has agreed to terms for two years with, with the Cowboys. Um, I think they even interviewed him after the game and he sort of brushed a little bit. But he, he will stay in Townsville, Cowboys fan, so uh, good news for you. Yeah, and I think I've mentioned before, I'm uh, one of my best mates from school. The girl he's dating is her sister is the mother of Lachlan Cooch's child, and they're pretty well settled up there. And her family and the media finally cottoned on after you know six months. Obviously, don't listen to the podcast, the gooses. But I've been saying the whole time that her family was basically heading up there, so it wouldn't have surprised me. And especially seeing he loves going fishing with blokes like Thurston Cooper, and he's pretty settled. If you know. He took a back seat, and for anyone that hasn't heard us again, before speaking of when Matt Elliott was at Penrith, he paid massive overs to all the locals. So Tim Grant, Lachlan himself, Michael Jennings, all these guys got huge contracts at the time. So if you looked at his whole career, I know he's had a couple of injuries and the, the security of one of those four-year deals from the Roosters or something may have been very tempting, but I'm pretty sure he got a pretty good go of things early days in Penrith. So two years to stay there and potentially win comps and play with you know possibly the best player of all time, or if not close to the best player of all time, I'm pretty sure that's appealing to the bloke. Yeah, he's got some good players around him, and the, the big money was coming from the Dragons, and uh, he, I don't think he would have been as successful down there anyway, but with, with that money, um, that frees up for the Dragons to have a big player, Kiri, and I think that's almost a done deal. You can, you can, you can just about put Kiri in the red V already. Yeah, again, that doesn't surprise me. The South situation's basically untenable. Um, they definitely need somebody. The Benji offer got pulled, so all signs point to him going there. But they're whinging at the moment, or there's been talk about having two sixes and not a genuine seven to lead the side around. Brian Keery doesn't fix that problem either, because, again, him and Widop uh, are technically both number sixes. But at the same time, I think Keery would, would definitely work in better with Widop than what Benji has. When Benji's there, Widop seems to not be as involved in the game or struggle to partner up with Benji. All right, mate, off to the Seagulls, and they're chasing a player who I'd absolutely love at Penrith, and I think I've mentioned it before last time he's off contract, and that's Sam Mower. Uh, big fan of Sam Mower, but uh, to see him at the Seagulls would be heartbreaking for me. I'd love to see him in a fancy jersey. 
mate, he just does his job every week, doesn't he? The old lawnmower. And uh, the week Love before... Loving the bit. Oh, he's outstanding. And against your mob the week before, he did a number on Bryce Cartwright, made the boy nice and tidy. Ran in about 7,000 times in the rain, but <laughs> um, just reliable. He, he is a bit older. Um, age, I don't think, really worries me, though, because he doesn't have as many miles on his legs from playing in the Super League for such a long time. So uh, a two-year deal and somebody like that, that would definitely be a massive coup for a manly side with young Trebojevic and Martin Tapao and the like. So couldn't really blame him. And I, I don't think you'd have to pay mass dollar either, probably to get your hands on Sam Muller. Yeah, he'd be a sensational buy for them. Very jealous. Mate, I can't blame him. Yeah, imagine if you got him paired up with Matungi, who's been playing quite well. You'd have two little bricks. Yeah, exactly. All right, mate, last one for the night. Um, James Seguiara, we've been talking about him over the past couple of weeks. He has had two meetings already with the Rabbitohs, so interesting there. Um, I dare say that uh, Sherrington will probably go to Penrith with Taylor going to the Tigers as a swap, and you'll see Seguiara head off to the Bunnings. Yeah, well, we talked about this money-wise again. Um, you know, having some disagreements with coaches over the past couple of years, and he had that one outstanding year. He's an absolute cracker of a player, but since then he's been injured basically the last two years. So uh, money money being the big factor, and I suppose South looking for a bit of spark out of dummy half. Um, you know, I think McInnes has been solid without being outstanding, but the money they spent on Damian Cook doesn't really seem like a smart idea at the moment, seeing he's not really getting too much football. So, um, yeah, I don't know. But if, I, if I'm Seguiar, I think situation-wise, I'm probably happier to stay at Penrith. I think Penrith's got a brighter future. Souths. I'm a little bit worried about, to be honest. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. It'd be interesting if, if, if Martin uh, wasn't injured. Uh, the poor fellow's out for eight weeks, apparently. If he wasn't injured going into this round game, uh, what would have happened? Where would where would have Seguiera been? Would he, would he have come on off the bench or would have been interesting to know? Yeah, I, well, I, I'm kind of with you. I get the feeling he might have been on the bench, but the way Griffin's uh, seemed to have gone, he likes to have big boppers, pretty... Straight up and down plays, hence, you know, trying to push Elijah Taylor and even Peachy out of the side. So um, you, you, you don't quite know what situation he, he would have thrown up. But, yeah, if uh, Seguiaro was to stay, it'd have to be for the right money, that's for sure. Yeah, agreed. Alrighty, mate. Well, if that's everything, getting into yep. the tips, uh, we were, oh, man, Boxer was six from six. And then the last two, gone, the Roosters. Couldn't get the job done, and then all of us were all geniuses. We all tipped the Warriors, and look what happened. They got posted 42 <laughs> zips. So. We know nothing. Mate, that feeling we had that, you know, last week, just got that feeling. Yeah, 42. 42 of them Melbourne had, so thank you, Looking New Zealand. Again. And it happened again. One of the listeners in our uh, questions said, Lewis, you've said it, and you've done it again. Every time you tip against Melbourne, they win. So can you just tip against Melbourne for the rest of the year? Uh, <laughs> I think he's got a fair point because every time I've said that they're probably going to win now, I've gone against them. They have, but 42 reasons uh, to want to tip them again this week. So you got five. We both got six. The only game that was tipped differently was obviously that Raiders-Tigers game. And again, what a landslide that was. Good times. You were very close. Yeah, they were for a bit. No. Oh, yeah, they were right there when Lawrence crashed over at about 18-6. Had a bit of an inkling. But uh, you're on 38. I'm on 40, Brock on 44. So we're all spaced out, but the big boy, he's still got the whip out and he's running a fair way ahead, so we have to catch we'll up. Oh, mate, you know we'll get him. We, we love, we, we're the stayers. We're here for the long term, all right? Yeah, origin time is when it sorts the men out from the boys. That's the hardest time to pick. That's the one. That's where you get the pool queue out and start fighting off all the blokes in the bar trying to steal your cigarettes. It's good times. Uh, <laughs> looking at things kicking off this week, it's Thursday night, Souths versus the Tigers. 
And looking at the lineups here, there's a couple of changes in, as far as the Tigers are concerned, or only one, sorry. Tim Simona comes back in after suspension. Nathan Malone is out. For the Rabbitohs, Heimel Hunt, heartbreak out for five months, and Paul Carter took the early guilty plea. So Kyle Turner, George Burgess in. Mate, I don't really want to go into too much depth about this. They've both been terrible, but after being shellacked by 60, there's no way I could back the Tigers, so I'm going to have to go south. Yeah, and Woodsy isn't playing again, I don't think. No, he's still not uh, in. It's such a massive loss for them. It really is, and um, they'll struggle again without him. Yep, so you're on Souths as well, and Brock, he's gone likewise. It's it's very hard to back a team that just got hammered by 60 and has lost six in a row, and it just seems like the situation there is just dire. Uh, people are asking us today about what would Jason Taylor say at halftime, and I said, I honestly don't think it would really matter because I think they're just on two different levels, the playing group and the coach. Something definitely needs to change there. But the odds for all these tips in this game brought to you by WilliamHill.com South Sydney. Dollar forty-one favourites. The West Tigers two ninety minus seven and a half is the line. I wouldn't be fiddling with margin this margins in this game because God knows what you're going to get. So uh, South Sydney, we've all gone there. But Friday night, Eels versus Dogs, usually a very very good clash. The Eels pipped them early in the year quite convincingly. The Bulldogs got out to a bit of a lead on the weekend, but almost blew their bickies against the Titans. They've made no changes, bar an extended bench. Lloyd Perrett and Raymond Fiatala Mariner. Uh, the Eels, they're unchanged. And looking at this one, mate, I think the Eels still very impressive on the weekend. Things kind of hurt uh, late in the game, that sin binning, which was deserved. And after that, they were taken apart by the Cowboys. But looking at these two on paper and on form, I'm still going to stick with the Paramount Eels, I think, to get the job done. Yeah, I think they're playing better football than the Bulldogs. But the Bulldogs, uh, typical Bulldogs, they just find a way to win. Um, and, I mean, really, the Titans should have won that game on the weekend. Just some stupid decisions. But, um, Look, I'm going to go to the Eels as well, but we're hearing again that the NRL might make a decision on Friday, which, who knows? I mean, by say it doesn't affect them, but if you've just been told you've lost all your points, surely it's mentally going to affect you. So um, let's pretend the NRL aren't going to say anything, so I'll stick with Parramatta. Yeah, that's basically what we spoke about again earlier. God knows when that decision's finally going to come, but you've got to imagine when it does, it's going to have some effect on the group. But uh, the bookies at William Hill, they can't split these two, rightfully so. They've both been pretty good. Parramatta, I think, have been a bit better, but genuinely close clashes. It's a $1.91 apiece. It's a picking game. If I was going to go any way with this, I'd be going the 1-12 to market on either side, whichever one you like, $3.50 for both of these teams, but a readjusted round this weekend. There is no Monday night, but there's a triple on Saturday and Sunday. Here you are. Good yeah, times. I love, I love my Saturday footy. Oh, mate, Super Saturday. What a cracker day, and it kicks off with your mob. The Penny Panthers out there at Bathurst, Carrington Park, playing the Canberra Raiders, coming off a massive win last week. A couple of returns and timely ones at that. Dean Farre finally back in after a horror run of injuries. James Seguiaro, like we spoke about, moves back into nine. Wallace moves into the halves from Martin. And Sam McKedry back from suspension. Wanga Blake out of the side, which I'm sure you're happy about. Uh, <laughs> well, he hasn't been too bad this year, but um, look, nah. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Vara. He's probably my favourite Panther. He's such an underrated player defensively and offensively. Um, I think the Panthers will win and, and win comfortably, to be honest. Yeah, well, Brock agrees with you, and he did on the last one, the Eels. This one, for me, uh, Raiders generally seem to be winning the ones they're spo- uh, winning the games they're not supposed to, and they've lost a couple that they probably should have won. After seeing the atmosphere on the weekend and the vibe after such a big win and the fact that they're unchanged, bar they've got Frank Paul at 18th man, but I really have my fingers crossed that they don't drop Priesty, who obviously made his debut on the weekend. 
I'm going to go with the Raiders. Um, not with a whole lot of confidence, but I think this will be a really good game. These two had a cracker game in round one, and I'm expecting very similar again. But looking at the odds from WilliamHill.com, Penrith are the favourites. A dollar sixty-five minus three and a half in their favour is the line. The Canberra Raiders two twenty-five again. This game, I, I think, could blow out, but I, I get the feeling they're going to have a tight one. So one to twelve, Penrith three fifteen, three ninety-five for the Raiders. The second one, it's the Roosters versus Newcastle. Poor old Newcastle cannot take a trick. But a thousand injuries, they've debuted a million players. The Roosters, they're not looking too much better, but massive ups this week after a struggle period. Jared Warrior Hargraves, that absolute psychopath man mountain that I'm such a big fan of. He comes back. And Mitchell Pearce, he's back and hopefully clean and sober. So good times. Yeah, oh, the Roosters will win this one. They've got to. If they don't, then obviously literally you can put a red line through them. Um, but yeah, they've got to win this, surely. I'd be interesting to know what the odds are. Mate, all these close games that they've had as well, I think the big difference, and I don't know if you agree, I reckon kicking games absolutely killed them or just control from one of their halves. So I think getting Pierce back is absolutely massive. Getting Rhea Hargraves back is massive. And Isaac Liu comes back in as well this week. So yeah, suddenly... It's friend having it's friend, uh, dummy half having confidence in, in his halves, and you can see he clearly doesn't have that at the moment. Yeah, and Ryan Madison, they've got him still on the bench. Uh, they've got an 18th man in Connor Watson, but whether they carry Madison or not, I think they'll give Hastings first crack because he played with Pierce last year. But if he struggles, Madison definitely uh, didn't have too bad a dig on the weekend, and he's big enough as far as playing uh, in the NRL. Newcastle, well, wow, Will Pearsall, the bloke they signed from Manly 20s grand final side, he comes in for Jared Mullen. They've got 20-man name. They've got Brock Lamb, who's also an Aussie schoolboy half on the bench. Whether he gets a run, I'm not too sure. But Mickey Payer, uh, Pat Mataudia, Paulie Paulie, all these guys are all on an extended bench. I think they've got some things hanging over their head, but there's no way you could back them. And the odds reflect that with William Hill. $1.18 for the Roosters, $5 Newcastle, minus 14 and a half is the line. And I'm sad to say I think this would be a 13-plus affair, especially with those few big names coming back for the Roosters. You go Roosters. Brock agrees as well. So we're unanimous, but... Saturday wraps up with what should be a good game, hopefully. Uh, Manly versus the Cowboys. bit disappointing that Manly can't seem to catch a break as far as injuries are concerned. They've still named Stuart and Trebojevic, but the news didn't look too good. They basically said that it looked like Stuart was out and Trebojevic had a high ankle sprain. So if that is the case, I would not be surprised if Parcel plays nine, Coruscant plays six, and Walker has to go back to fullback for the week. But the Cowboys unchanged. You, you just have to stick with him, don't you? Yeah, it's the same, like you said, that, that man did have those injuries, so I was sniffing an upset at Brookie. Uh, but, yeah, with, without Snake, I mean, it's such a big loss. You've got to go to the Cowboys. But I think it'll be a bit closer than people think. Manly always turn up a Brook Bale. It's, it's very rare that Manly get a score put on them at home. Yeah, I've just been really impressed in general. Like I said, week to week, they can't seem to catch a break injury-wise, but they've been really resilient compared to how they started the season off. But... Uh, the odds in this one reflect again what people think about the Cowboys and especially William Hill. A dollar thirty-eight for the Cowboys, three ten for Manly. Minus eight is the line. I'm kind of with you on the one to twelve. I think Manly will still put up the fight, especially at Brookvale. One to twelve for the Cowboys, three fifteen. Manly four fifty-five. You think they can get the upset? But Sunday a triple header. It kicks off in New Zealand. Who got absolutely shellacked? And uh, a couple of changes there. Liggy Sow is out. Simon Mannering with that horrible facial injury. And Lola here gone as well. So things really start to take their toll, especially in the fullback spot. Fussy Tua gets an opportunity. 
to play there. And Alberts, Vete, James Gavay and Jazz Tavanga all come into the side. The Dragons, only one change with Ewan Aitken returning. It absolutely kills me to say this, but the Warriors just... Oh, what, do you, what do you do? Like the, the Dragons scored off an intercept and a drop ball, and they're still struggling to attack. But what the Warriors threw up, and the fact that the Dragons are quite good defensively, I got the feeling they'll make this ugly and find a way to win. But, yeah, the Warriors, you just can't trust them sometimes. At home, I'd love to, but with all these changes and the circumstances of last week, I'm probably going to have to go the Dragons. <laughs> it doesn't matter what roster they have, the Warriors, they do it every year, don't they? They're the, they're the hardest team to pick, and, and I'm sure they'd be the hardest team to support as well, so I feel sorry for you Warriors fans, but um, I'm going to try something different, I'm going to back the Warriors, wow. because every, every time I go against them, they seem to win or lose, I can never seem to nail it, so their form is rubbish, so that's why I'm going to pick them, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that makes 100%, that's total makes sense, it's just, it's logic. Sometimes you get an inkling, I had that inkling against the Bulldogs, but that, uh, you know, I thought that was going to get in flames when Sheck did his ACL, but obviously they found a way to win, but... Uh, as much as I'd love to think they'd bounce back this week, I'm going to stick with the Dragons because, you know, they're boring as batshit, but they will defend. So um, I'd love to see the Warriors do a job and, and prove everyone wrong, especially with a couple of injuries. But under tough circumstances, they seem to just use that as an excuse. So not too confident. Brock's gone the Dragons as well. And the bookies, wow. Outsiders with William Hill are the Dragons. The Warriors, still a dollar fifty-two favourite. The Dragons, two fifty-five. I think that's a bit generous, to be honest. Um, not, Get on that one. Oh, I like that. Minus five and a half is the line. One to twelve game. I'd be looking at more things. Three ten for the Warriors. Four ten for the Dragons. I thought at best, if you weren't that confident in the Dragons, they might have gone pick them. But a dollar fifty on the Warriors. That's pretty heavy considering uh, the injuries they've gotten. Having someone subbing at fullback, but have to wait and see. But the second last game, Brock versus Lewis. It's the Gold Coast versus Melbourne. Woo! Oh. <laughs> Where's the cracker? Oh, mate, rematch. Rematch for round two. They got on top of us for a little bit, and then we blew them off the park, and then we went to sleep for the next three weeks, unfortunately. But uh, Melbourne obviously awoke last week. The forward pack that's been, I think, the highlight for Melbourne this year in every single game, and uh, easily the best game our backs have played, considering we've basically had someone new come in every week. This one, the Gold Coast, that they seem to be in every single game, and they fight right to the death, but I think Melbourne were looking, will be definitely looking to put an exclamation mark uh, on their 6-2 and two record and grab a 7th here just before the rep round. So I'm going to be sticking with the Storm. Yeah, I'm going to have to pick the Storm as well, but I'm, I'm going to tip that uh, Tyrone Roberts is going to have an absolute blinder. Because when he used to play for the Knights, every time they played Melbourne, yeah. he'd have an outstanding game. He'd have a 9 out of 10. For some reason, he, he just picks up his game. So look for a big game from Tyrone Roberts. Uh, maybe even give him first try score. I'm sure he'd be paying a heap. But um, Storm will win, but uh, I think it'll be close. I'm with you. I think they'll put up the fight again, and especially being at home. But you are right. Tyron Roberts, for some reason, just one of those guys that used to have a cracker against the Storm in a Knights jersey. But changes, uh, only an extended bench for the Titans. They're unchanged. Burr's 18th man. For Melbourne, they've dropped Hampton out, and they've moved Felice Kofusi back into the side. So uh, basically an unchanged lineup just to shuffle there. One spot on the bench. William Hill have Melbourne at $1.52. The Titans, two fifty-five minus five and a half. Is the line there? If you like the one to twelve market, four ten for the Titans, three ten for the Melbourne Storm. Or if you think a bit of multi value, the Titans with twelve and a half start, a dollar forty two. But the last one of the round, and probably the game I'm looking most forward to, it is the Cronulla Sharks at the Prison versus the Brisbane Broncos. And 
the Broncos have been very much like the Cowboys, almost unchanged injury-wise, but a big one and an underrated player for them. Andrew McCulloch, he's out this week. Travis Waddell, he moves in onto the bench, and Nick Arima gets a start. Do I think they're capable of covering? 100%. Um, but I do like what I've seen from the Sharks. There's been some ugly games, but they've found a way to win. They're both on win streaks. The Sharks unchanged. I'm going to roll the dice here. I'm going to be back in the Sharkies at home. Yeah, well, I'm going to stick with the Broncos. I didn't think the Sharks were all that good against Penrith, to be honest. And in fact, Penrith men out, outscored them. It was only the goal kicking that let Penrith down. Um, and they were at home too, Cronulla. So I've got to back Brisbane. They're just too professional. They're, they're not letting the comp for nothing. Yeah, I kind of have that feeling again, but this is one of those ones where I at least think the Sharks have got a realistic chance. Uh, uh, with that one little change, I, I'm going to go, hopefully, that the Sharks can make it ugly and get over them, but... William Hill agrees with you. $1.72 are the Broncos away from home. Two twelve for the Cronulla Sharks. Minus two is a line. This has the vibe of a 1-12 to game. Three seventy if you like the Sharks. Uh, 3.35 if you like the Broncos. But all those odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. Gossip, the Australian side, did you see it? Yes, I did. I, I, I think uh, no surprises there. I don't... Yeah, well, we have this chat before. If you were Corey Oates, I think you feel a little bit hard done by, and I'm just a oh, little, absolutely. I'm a little disappointed just because we've spoke again about trying to strengthen the international game, yet we've just taken Fiji's, you know, probably their best player. So um, I heard them all today saying, well, he's eligible, and you cannot deny him the right, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, I think again, it's not a good message to send to young Australians as well, such as Oates, who's been in pretty good form, but. Um, yeah, and I was, and it was, I had good mail about three or four weeks ago that he was even looking at going to rugby union. So I don't know. I, I don't know where his headspace is at, Sammy. But I don't want to knock the guy. I don't know him. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I really feel sorry for Oates. Um, I think he deserves the jumper. But other than that, I don't think there's there's too many players that, that I would have selected that didn't make it. To be honest. Nah. Well, Ferguson. I think a few people are unhappy about. Again, Oates probably could have got in over him, but. I think they're thinking that he's played rep football before, and by the looks of our back four with Boyd at fullback, I don't blame them there. We've obviously gone with big outside backs in Dugan, Radrara, guys who can start our sets off well, because the last couple of times we've played against uh, the Kiwis, we've struggled to get rolling in the forwards, so they're obviously looking this time to get more help coming out of yards with the back line. And from a Kiwi perspective, it'll be interesting to see how Vare plays for Penrith this weekend, because... He had a man of the match performance a couple of tests ago, and Inglis came out and said he's the, the hardest centre to run at. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes first game back. Yeah, I'm with you there. And the other debutants, obviously, Josh Maguire, he's been an outstanding form. Michael Morgan, deserved place. Uh, Queensland oh, dominated, but no surprise. If you looked at even some of the form bolters, Ethan Lowe and a couple of the blokes, Corey Oates, like we spoke of, they were all sort of Queensland players again. Anthony Milford, Dylan Napa, pushing for a spot. Um, you know, but 18th man, Aiden Guerra, Michael Jennings, they've got coverage there. I don't really have a big problem with this side, to be honest. I'm kind of happy to see a few new faces. So, fingers crossed yeah. we can get the job done. For sure, yeah. I think when I saw Morgan's name, I was probably more happy for him than anyone. Yeah, mate, he's been outstanding. And uh, people have been arguing between him and Milford, to be honest. If it was going off form, I still would have picked Morgan alongside Thurston before I picked Milford. The club combination is one thing, but... I just think he's been more consistent over the couple of seasons, whether it was at fullback and last year in the halves. Um, I think he's made for this kind of football. He's physically a decent size as well for a number six, and he's playing yeah, bloody brilliant. Better too. Yeah, outstanding footballer. But 
Uh, interesting to see what the Kiwis do. We've obviously gone in early, but they've got fullback that they've got to look at. It's the centre position, like you spoke about as well. And uh, I guess a couple of forward positions. Uh, Rory Hargrove's only fresh back this week. Does he get a look in? Maybe not. Adam Blair might be suspended. There's a couple of things we have to wait and see how they pan out. But looking forward to it as always, mate. Mate, definitely looking forward to it. A couple of different in the tips this week. We'll see how it plays out. But for now, champion, good luck on the weekend for the Penny Panthers. Hopefully they can get you a W out there in Bathurst against the Raiders. And uh, I'm sure me and Boxhead will have a bit of a slinging match on Sunday about the Titans and the Storm. Like, mate, I just hope that Hook has Halligan or Almadri or someone out there at Penny Park this week teaching the boys how to goal kick because, honestly, it's going to do my head in. Mate, fingers crossed. Dead set. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> he can't take it anymore, Penrith. I hope you're listening. He's ticker. It's about to blow. The bloke... <laughs> He's not, mate, he, he's not that old. Let me tell you, he's in pretty good nick, old Goss. So uh, you're killing him. Um, just, just stop it. I'm feeling it. I tell you, mate. Just, uh, I don't know. Maybe don't watch. Maybe you go to Egypt or go somewhere far away where the, the game of rugby league doesn't <laughs> exist, and just, you know, hide out in the sand dunes for a while. I might just sit in the garage and play with myself. Mate, just do the Forest Gump. Flip up one half of a table tennis table and just, you know, have a, have a game. Have a bash against the wall. Uh, have a bash. <laughs> and then let your missus come in and tell you whether it's a positive or a negative. It's not. If it's a negative, just don't speak of it. No, mate, that's a good idea. I might do that. There you go. Have a good weekend, champion. Thanks, mate. Cheers. And a big thanks, as always, goes to Mr. Gossip and also to our major sponsor, William Hill, Dot com for coming on board. Last week's charity bet, we got one of the two charity bets we had. We had 1-12 to 12, uh, Cowboys, 1-12 to 12 Sharkies. The Sharkies got the job done, so another $108 moves into the kitty. I think we're up near 800 now. Uh, didn't get to talk to Brock today because we had to record early, and that's why he's not with me now to finish off these questions, but we'll have to come up with our charity bet and post it up on the page. But finishing off the questions from uh, earlier on that have been Submitted after the first recording session. I'll do the best to answer these on my own, but Nicholas Fernandez, favourite and hated commentators. Uh, probably the only one I really don't enjoy if you want to talk about lead commentators is Ray Hadley, but he's obviously not doing too much. Uh, some of the sidekick ones, not a big fan of Brett Kamali or a few of them, but for the most part, I don't have a big problem. Uh, I'm a big fan of most of them, especially Warren Smith. I think he's outstanding. And his other question, would it be better to have a state-of-origin-type round-robin with Queensland, New Zealand, Pacific Island, Australia, Great Britain, and Internationals. Uh, I don't think that would work, honestly. You want to, you've put Australia in there, but you've also mentioned Queensland and New South Wales. So straight away, how does that work? You can't have an Australian side with Queensland and New South Wales. I think they could do a better job of incorporating maybe the Pacific Nations when we do that All-Star game and having that. Maybe as a tri-series with the, the Indigenous All-Stars, Australia, maybe like a, a combined side of... Uh, Pacific Islands All-Stars as well pre-season, but yeah, not a bad idea. Sean Chan, the comp is as close as it's ever been, but we've seen some massive margins in the last few weeks. Any thoughts as to why? Mate, just some weeks, coming from a player's perspective, uh, it's not always the case, but some weeks it's literally just not your week or there's circumstances beyond your control. So say for someone like the Tigers, they're in a bit of a rut. You've lost five in a row. They're probably trying hard. They've got some internal issues and try to dig yourself out of a hole and you put all that effort into that Melbourne game only to lose in Golden Point. And then you go down to Canberra, who, you know, have had the gauntlet laid down on this week. They've got a pretty good side. They're in a rebuilding 
situation where they're looking to make it in the eight. Um, the Tigers rolling the town a bit flat, and Canberra just absolutely run a train on them after being flat themselves for a few weeks. So, uh, mate, just some weeks, some teams aren't up for it. It's just not the right day. The biggest thing about the NRL, and you see this, the best sides, the difference between their best and their worst, uh, you know, the smaller that is, the better off they are. So Melbourne playing poorly, but still got to five and two, and then they have their best game on the weekend, win 42 zip as compared to the Tigers. Have a cracker game, lose to Melbourne by one point, and then their worst performance, they get dusted by 54. So that's one of the real big things about closing that gap between your best and worst performance. Cousin Gary, how do we fix the ref's decisions, the bunker, and what's sold on? Saw some decisions overturned with lack of evidence and other decisions uh, with enough evidence to overthrow the on field decision, not overthrowing the lack of evidence. Can we fix this either by the refs? I'm not sure you can look at it or think they just award a try. How do we fix it and get more consistent decisions? Well, that's the biggest problem at the moment. They're sending it up with a try or no try, and if the bunker can't find just cause, basically it sticks out the decision whether you agree with it or not, not everyone does, and there was a few that I wasn't happy with either, but um, I think the referee, if they're going to refer it to the bunker, probably shouldn't say what they think and just let the bunker decide. Would that fix the situation? Probably not. You're still probably going to get different interpretations of the rules, but, yeah, I don't think there's really a way to uh, rut that one out at this point in time. Chris Crow, Fafita for Origin. Well, looking at the situation right now, he's been absolutely outstanding. A couple of men of match awards. He's been there before. Been a bit ill-disciplined and cost us, but at the same time, we've got James Tarmow. You'd probably say that him and Woods would have been partnered together. He's going to be lucky to get back from an injury. And the other guy that was there last year was Clemmer. And bar that, we didn't pick another front row. So you'd have to think he's in the mix of the way he's playing. A couple other guys are up and coming. Uh, if you're going to talk about form or, or Ben mentioned or obviously Vaughney, Boydie and Ryan James but I'm not too sure any of those guys are going to look in I'd probably have a feeder beforehand but discipline is the big thing he, he's been there before but he's cost us but the way he's playing if he keeps those errors out of his games I think we could definitely use him against Queensland and the last one Brendan Kelly question regarding the, t- the touching the referee no matter what it's a penalty then after the match if the referee reports he felt threatened by a contact or felt it had some malice, then the player is brought before the judiciary at the moment. It's very inconsistent, 100%. Sam McKendry got charged last week for a simple touch, the same as Jonathan Thurston, and he didn't get charged. And then you saw Clemmer's approach, which you could count as aggressive. He got off, but Kieran Foran, early on when he had one, they just took the early guilty play. They didn't even want to fight the charge. And I saw the one with Cameron Smith last night. That one, he was trying to get to the play the ball, and the ref had stuck his nose in there, is touching him wrong. Yeah, is it going to sound biased because I go for Melbourne? Probably sure, but if he's got his way in the ruck when someone's trying to play the ball, that's quite silly by the referee, to be honest. And I think I touched in week one. If it's during the process of play and they're intentionally uh, kind of in the way or you accidentally graze them on the way through, I've got no problem with it. So um, the only way things, uh, the only thing I could say is if any touching was supposedly supposed to draw a charge, regardless, they need to be more consistent because the Sam McKendry to Jonathan Thurston situation looked very much like uh, diff- one set of rules for one side of the bunk and uh, a different set of rules for the other side. So not a good look by uh, the match review committee to pin Sam McKendry last week, but obviously not get anything on Jonathan Thurston. Just a quick look on Twitter here to see if there's any more questions that I've missed from early on to see what's going on. Um... Well, we've got one more here. Daniel Taylor, with today's announcement of the Kangaroos team, what is the point of internationals? Really, it's becoming a joke. Well, I've spoke earlier about the fact that Rad Rara is a very, very good footballer, but I feel that you're kind of discouraging Australian players and you're hurting the international product, which is the whole thing we said 
we didn't want to do. We've basically taken Fiji's best player and we've blocked out one of our own, probably in Corey Oates, who could have got himself uh, a, a debut here. So uh, I can kind of agree there. And what has he got now? Daniel Taylor as well. That means Sam Burgess could be picked if he wants to. Absolute shambles. Well, I don't know about that, but yeah. That's all the questions. Everything done. So earlier on, we gave you the fast five. We gave you our questions. We answered your questions. Why I had Brock here. We've had Mr. Gossip. Got all the dirt. Giving you our tips. All the odds. Thanks to WilliamHill.com. And now at the end here, I've answered the last few questions that we missed um, just in the gap of our recordings. But just have to thank our other sponsors quickly before we end up here. Kaizen Sports. The rugby league program that Brock's going to be involved with, very personalised coaching, outstanding um, for the ages between 12 and 17 to try and help you break into that rep scene. But Kaizen Sports Performance is providing a 10-week rugby league skill-based academy for players aged 12 to 17 in Western Sydney District. Running on Monday nights, Kaizen understands that all athletes physically develop differently, although in order to progress to higher levels in rugby league, there needs to be a strong foundation of skill. Players will be exposed to a number of high-performance coaches to coach the highest level of skill of development. The Kaizen 10-Week Academy is the perfect program for aspiring players to learn from the best to be the best they can be. For inquiries, go with kaizensports.com.au or check them out on Facebook at Kaizen Sports Performance. Kaizen spelled K-A-I-Z-E-N. And Rugby League Coaching Manual, we spoke about it before. Brock's written for them. Uh, it's been a very, very handy tool for him. And when I started coaching, once I got back from Canberra, much the same. A lot of the stuff I started off with was thanks to Rugby League Coaching Manual. The Coach Talks books are absolutely outstanding. They've also got some DVDs and videos for coaches of all different levels there with coaches from different clubs, high-performance managers, trainers, etc. So it's great content. But as a rugby league coach, you have many different jobs. Some include being a mentor, a teacher, a leader, a counsellor, and a drill sergeant. One of the most important roles as a coach is getting the best out of your players. If you are there to get the best out of your players, who is the best to get uh, there to get the best out of you as a coach? Well, let me tell you, it's Rugby League Coaching Manual. They've been providing coaching educational material to coaches since '93 through their flagship publication, Coach Talk, DVDs, DVDs and drill books. All of this material is now available online through your very own RLCM membership, which gives you access to hundreds of articles and videos on coaching rugby league. In addition to this, you also receive access to online courses and in invitation to the monthly coaching webinar, plus a new edition of Coach Talk every month. To start your 30-day free trial, just visit rlcm.com.au and join as a foundation member today. Thank you, Rugby League Coaching Manual. Thank you, Kaizen Sports Performance Academy. And thank you, williamhill.com. We'll post our charity bet up later in the week. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where are you, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.